1936, big-time silent movie actor John Bowers took a boat out to the shores of Santa Catalina to visit his old friend, Henry Hathaway. Hathaway was directing a film, Souls at Sea, and Bowers was looking to get a part in the film. Upon discovering that the film had already been completely cast, the 50-year-old actor left and was later found washed up on the beach in Santa Monica, dead. Bauer's life and death became a major influence for a film that released the following year in 1937. By some strange domino effect, would eventually win modern-day actor Bradley Cooper not one, but two Grammys. Bowers was far from being the only actor to inspire this film, which was billed as a behind-the-scenes look at the glitz, glamour, and greasy underbelly of Hollywood. The marriage of actors Barbara Stanwyck and Frank Fay is said to have been a key influence for the story. The film also includes nods to several major players of the era, with the protagonist, played by Janet Gaynor, doing impressions of Greta Garbo, Katherine Hepburn, and Mae West as she struggles to work her way up the acting ladder. Yes, the names, impressions, and stories are all ripped from the Hollywood headlines. All this in a film directed by William A. Wellman, a former military pirate and a man who hated acting so much that he immediately sought out behind-the-scenes work in the industry instead. Wellman, along with Robert Carson, Dorothy Parker, and Alan Campbell, wrote the script with additional lines written by Bud Schulberger and Ring Lardner Jr. Most fucking 1930s-ass names you've ever heard. The film was met with rave reviews and earned $2.37 million in the box office, double its budget of $1.17 million. That was impressive in 1937, I swear. In a contemporary review, Frank S. Nugent of the New York Times called the film, quote, good entertainment by any standard, including the artistic, and convincing proof that Hollywood need not travel to Ruritania for its plots. There is drama aplenty in its own backyard. Hollywood took that to heart and has been digging around in its own backyard ever since, remaking the very same film every 20 to 50 years in the process. With every remake, the film drifted further away from its Hollywood focus and more and more on the ever-exciting music industry. Julie Garland starred in the 1954 remake, Barbara Streisand in the 1976 remake, and of course, Cradley Booper and Lady Gaga in the most recent remake in 2018. Wellman and his crew had truly put together a film that made the audiences and the industry say, I just wanted to take another look at you. That's right, Blockbuster Summer is all about the movies this week as we talk A Star is Born on Cover Me. Before you lies the most glamorous city on Earth, Hollywood, California. A city where men and women skyrocket to fame or fashion What happens? Yes, A Star is Born. And in its splendor and deep emotional fire, in its shining beauty and wonderful heart, a new era in motion picture achievement is also born. You'll see it in the richness and magnificence so lavishly poured in. In the world of rock music. I John Norman Howard was once the best, but he was burning out. Look at me. All you gotta do is trust me. That's all you gotta do. right it's cover me the only podcast that compares famous films to their many remakes to find out which one had nothing to fucking say i'm your host as always the snake joined by my slipping co-host oh ah. alex wildenberger i almost i almost fell over there that's a close one that's a close one alex you haven't slipped yet unlike norman oh. Bain, am I right 
Sorry, uh, I, I was a little off balance there for a second. That's okay. You're, you're, we know this about you. You're a, a klutz. That Norman Maine, though. He's slipping, eh? The tense is wrong. You've slipped. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> Alex, we are talking ambitious project today, but first, how are you? How are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing... I'm doing... Uh, how am I doing? Good, I think? Yeah. Doing good. I'm feeling alright. Feeling good? We're, doing, feeling healthy, we're, we're doubling up. We're doubling up yeah, it's today. A, it's a double so. record for us, so if we sound exhausted... Yeah, I think I've still got some energy in the tank. I think I think I'm gassed snaky. up to talk about this. Um, Alex, we're talking, we're doing something strange here, something we've never done before. Yeah, we, we talked, talked about, about movies. movies before. Never we were, four movies. Never four movies. The same movie, but applying the like cover me method, as it were. The method of of. <laughs> I feel like we won't be able to approach this in the same way because there's just so much to talk about the differences. So many we do have to go broad about. strokes, but yeah. folks, you're going to get the same kind of thing. We're going to talk about the original, what it's all about, compare it to the next three versions that come after it, break it down into the best, worst, weirdest, and... And then there's just going to be one other one left over. <laughs> yeah, and the one that is awarded nothing, but at least doesn't get worse. Good for that yeah. one. Um, yes, Alex, A Star is Born. A Star uh, is Born. Did you know when the A Star is Born came, the, the most recent remake is obviously the one we probably are most familiar with because we were alive when it was being, you know, advertised in, yeah. in theaters. I suppose were so you be. aware at the time that it was a remake? Um, I think I learned, uh, I didn't know before, but like when the 2018 version was in sort of the news and in the the marketing mind uh right general public mindset like guys that's what we call it um that was part of the like facts about it It was like actually it's based on an older film and like there's an old version but there's an even older version and there's an even older you know yeah um so like that was part of it and it was just like a like a trivia bit to learn at the time and now i've seen all the movies seen them all and what's your i guess what's your general opinion of of a star is born just conceptually (laughs) It's, Does this thing I, have legs, Alex? I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think it. I think it might not last. Um, no, it's it's so interesting to to see how it changes over almost a century. I agree. Yeah, it's, um, um, and I mm-hmm. I have difficulty thinking of it in like a different context, especially for old movies. You know, I see these old movies. I'm like, did I enjoy it? I don't know, but I was fascinated like the whole time. Yeah. Um, just cause they're like, let's see here. And like, uh, you know, how, how do you do uh, all that stuff? How do, yeah. Like know. there's it's so like, much of that, like oh, transatlantic accent. Yeah. There's so much like stage play being still like the basis of filmmaking Yeah, yeah, yeah. is like record a stage play. It's yeah. There's two things that are very fascinating to see here in broad strokes as we go through these films. One is the advancement of technology. Yeah. And two is the advancement of how we understand like mental illness. Yeah, technology, mental illness, I mean, popular culture as a mm-hmm. concept, um, the relationship between uh, art and and the consumer of that art or the observer right. of that art, I think, plays a part in a little bit into it, particularly in the latest one, because that's For sure, so yeah, and you're talking, yeah, even about, like, because, like, in the 30s and 50s, it's like Hollywood and acting is... Like, there's traveling musicians and shit, but they're not really, like, the thing of legends. 
Right. Like they will become like, you know, the sixties once the Beatles take off is real and like Elvis before that is yeah. really when we start seeing more of that. So the first two, like pop music was barely like for compared to what we think of as pop music now, like it mm-hmm. didn't exist. Yeah. And so yeah, it's it's interesting to see the evolution of the film and, and over yeah. Yeah, Very yeah, it's cool. like like right around the time the the first remake comes out is because you get Frank Sinatra right. on the scene. That's when things start to shift. Right, but, and I guess like, it's not but, like they didn't have like popular music singers and there were like jazz records and stuff. But mm-hmm. It wasn't the same. Yeah, because like musicians didn't have a home really in the same way that actors do. Like Hollywood, Tinseltown is True. like this location, whereas musicians could kind of be from anywhere. Yeah, and I remember. Well, I think it was the. It was like an interview with like Paul McCartney, I think. And he was talking about the breakup of the Beatles. And he was like, at the time, we didn't really know. Because like, for most people, the thing you do after the band breaks up is like you get a desk job, right? Like you go right, back yeah. to being a regular person. Like there's no like lifelong pop stars. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they are, but it's not established yet, right? Like maybe there's Elvis, but people weren't really sure about Elvis, you know? Right. Like, was he done or not? So, yeah. yeah I'd arguably not the longest life on Elvis either. Yeah, exactly. So, it's it's interesting to think of it from that perspective. And obviously, we're very music-focused here, so it's probably what we're going to talk about most. Yeah, so that was, I think, the craziest thing for me. Uh, Cracking open into the first A Star is Born, sure, the original Star is Born. Because I didn't really like hit any research, I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, it's about a famous musician and an upcoming musician. Yeah. Immediately, <laughs> yeah. immediately incorrect. I was like, what the fuck? This isn't about music. <laughs> yeah. No music, no songs. No. I songs. mean, there's like score, but like no songs in in the first one. The Janet Gaynor, Frederick March. Yeah. Um, original from 1937. 1937. It also from the Technicolor. Yeah. So I mean, let's go over the. The major plot points, I guess, because a lot of them are going to come up again, but not all of them. Yeah, so, yeah, basic woman with a dream. Yeah. To act. Um, goes she goes to, off to, to the big city. Yeah. Uh, she encounters, through a mute-cute, uh, a big-time actor. Yeah. Kind who, of at the peak of his career, Norman Maine. Who's, like, kind of immediately smitten with her. Mm-hmm. It's a real love-at-first-sight kind of story. Yeah. And then he gets her, he's like her uh, link into the industry. He gets her in. Yeah, he in some way encourages her to do a thing mm-hmm. that gets her in. It, in the original, she kind of, it, you know, she gets her like screen test and then she has to do like a bunch of extra work and stuff like that. Yeah, um, if they're, in the original, it's a lot like slower for her to get where she's going. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then... At least in the older ones, it happens around the halfway point. But, like, you get this moment of, like, she finally gets her big break. Um, and then suddenly everyone's talking about her. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's huge. And they sort of, that's like, you know, you see they're falling in love throughout this. They get mm-hmm. married. They get married. Um, they continue to, for a little while, have their fairy tale existence. Yeah, well, there, a key point is that in every version, uh, Norman Maine or a John the fucking Norman Howard or Jackson Maine is uh, an alcoholic. Yes. True. And a key point is that through their relationship, he's actually able to stop drinking. 
At least for a while. At least for a while, exactly. So yeah, you're right. We do have this brief moment where things, everything seems like they're going to be okay, but her star continues to rise as his star begins to plummet, which then sets him on a spiral that ends in suicide. Yeah, which I actually, I didn't know about the suicide part. So like watching the first movie, uh, we're doing spoilers in this, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah, if you haven't <laughs> seen it, like, yeah, it's going to be Spoiler City. Um, like, watching the end where I kind of, like, started, you know, it, the film builds up to it, right? You can mm-hmm. see um, Norman Maine kind of decide and then do this, like, walk into the ocean, like, drop his... his um, like house coat yeah. on the beach and just like walking to the ocean. I'm like, wait, is this a suicide story? And then he just like never comes back. Never. And yeah, you see it's... his like, you see his house coat get washed out to sea when the tide comes in. Such a stark shot in the original. Yeah. So like, fuck. And you're right. You're like, wait a second. I was like, wait, this no. is a suicide? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't clear. I thought, I assumed in the new one, I thought he just died from like complications with alcohol. I thought it was just, yeah, or be something. Like a, or something. Then, or like yeah, overdose. He, I don't know, but like, no. He walks into the ocean. Yeah. And it's, and in each film, this is like an important thing to note. It's done as an act of love for, uh, yeah, his that's partner. the idea. It's particularly yeah. in the first one. And mm-hmm. I guess the, the first two, it's like, in the first one, she's like, "Oh no, I need, we need, I need to stop being a star myself. We need to get out of town, kind of thing." Yeah, she's like, "I'm going to start taking care of him," and then he always like overhears yeah, it. He overhears it and is like, "I know what I'm going to do about this because I, I don't want to hold her back." Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of the general plot with a few details from the from the original. But what else happens in the original? Um, it starts on a farm. That doesn't yeah, come back. It starts back. on a farm. So, we, yeah, we got a lot of characters yeah. kind of introduced in the first scene that are never going to be seen. Well, maybe like, like the yeah. latest version. The grandmother comes back it. right at the end. Yeah, the grandma. Who I guess is, that's the, I should mention, we talked about the plot in the original one. Like, none of them end with um, the suicide. They show the fallout, you know? There's a funeral, usually, yes, or... because you know, it is a called A Star is Born, yeah. right? So it's it's about the rise of... Uh, Esther Blodgett is her original name. Yeah. She's called Allie in the newest version. Esther um, she, Victoria Blodgett. Blodgett. And she, yeah, she typically ends up going under the stage name of Vicky Lester. Vicky Lester, yeah. Um, yeah, so she's got this grandma here. So basically... She's like reading a magazine at the start, and her family's like, "You fucking loser! You're never gonna go to Hollywood." Yeah, she's like, "I will, I will be a star," or whatever she says. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's, I think that's actually like word for word. <laughs> and then her grandma rolls up, and she's like, "Listen, I all, all I got money for now is for my funeral." Yeah, she's like, "So like, I can say anything, but I don't need it." Yeah, and she's like, "I used to be a lot hotter and smarter and cooler than you." Honestly, she's like kind of mean. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, but she, she gives her the money. Wrong. She gives her money so she can get to California. She can go to Hollywood and find her big break, kind of thing. Yeah, um, she says a line. Okay, I wrote it down because I thought it was going to come back, and it never does. Okay, she says, "For every dream of yours you make come true, you'll pay the price in heartbreak." And I was like, "I'll bet you that's the theme of all these movies, and someone's going to say it in all of them. Mm. Only this one." Only this one. Only the first and, one. And it does clearly paint the the heartbreak, but like, yeah, they never come back to that line. Yeah, because they did. also never really have a grandma character. Again. That's true. Even though some characters are repeated, for example, her goofy friend Danny. 
Danny. Danny's the guy she meets when she's in Hollywood, uh, who's right. like, he's a director himself, and he's like, kind of trying to help her, but he doesn't have, like, power in the industry. He just directs things sometimes. He's like an assistant director. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, they so meet, and he's like, and we like, can just get drunk. And, like, he's at her wedding and stuff, mm-hmm. so he's the goofy friend. And there is a Danny character in some of the later ones. but In some of the later ones, yeah. So she, like, yeah. in this one, they focus a lot on her, like, not making it at the start like it's we yeah. see her and she they're like any work today and she's like oh no yeah uh, the 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 like the kindest landlord in the world like writes out a, an eviction notice is like nah, i just can't do it she's got too much <laughs> dang hot yeah so there's a lot of that stuff and like it's fun it doesn't really show i guess it shows her like struggling but it doesn't show her actually like acting yeah, or like auditioning, or I guess yeah. when you get the scene where she like tries to get in with the, the extras or whatever, and the lady's like, "You hear, you hear those calls? You see it?" She like takes her to a switch. Oh right, so, like, so you hear every single one of those. Like every single ring of the phone is someone like trying to do what you're doing. Yeah, that's every actor looking for a job. Yeah, which is like so that was an interesting scene. Some of those like very like old fashioned, but but kind of cool and in that way. Yeah, it's kind of fun to see like some of the the storytelling moves they make here, and the, yeah, and seeing these ancient things like switchboard operators. Yeah. Oh, my, okay. There's another shot. Okay, right when she gets to Hollywood, there's like a Walk of Fame, but it's like old school Walk of Fame, and it's like mm-hmm. imprints in concrete. Right. Where she like literally steps in footprints that are bigger than her feet. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, big shoes to fill. <laughs> Uh, and I think it's actually in Norman Maine's square or whatever. Right, which comes up again at the end. Yeah. Um, anyway, shots like that. Shots um, like that. Oh, <laughs> the uh, the place she's staying has a sign that says no cowboys. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. I thought that was fun. <laughs> to mention that because that's fun. No cowboys. Um, as we go, no cowboys. Okay. I didn't, didn't realize that was a big problem in 1937. <laughs> yeah, and there's a bunch of, I guess, more like as she, she's kind of still trying to get this break and she ends up taking some work as like a, a, a server at a upscale event yeah. at someone's house. Now, before she takes that event, she first oh, sees Norman Maine at that's the. That's right. Like the orchestra, right? Yeah, she goes to a show with Danny. Yeah, and it's like an opera, or I don't remember. I watched a, it like a month ago now. Yeah, I, it was it was a while, but like there, it's an outdoor one with the big like shell like amphitheater. Yeah, the amphitheater. Thing. And so I was like, oh, okay, here he comes. He's gonna come perform with the orchestra because like all this crowd is like, oh, it's Norman Maine. Oh, he's he's late, and oh my god, he's a little bit tipsy. Oh, he's kind of falling over himself. Yeah, he's kind of falling over himself. And then I'm like, oh, okay, he's gonna get up and perform and in a drunk mess. And it's like, no, he's an actor. Nope, <laughs> like, not oh, a singer. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I I did I looked it up. Like I did enough research to know that ahead of time. But like I was surprised for sure. Yeah, it was a, it was a surprise. So yeah, they kind of they make eye contact there. Is this where he accidentally backhands his partner at the time? Oh, like there's, a there's, some, he, there's a few <laughs> accidental strikes in this. Yeah, in this one. yeah. I was watching this these movies with Greta, and she was like, "God, the way they just fucking manhandle women in this, yeah. like straight up, just like pick them up and put them in place. Like you go there, right. yeah, like just, grab on the shoulders and like move them somewhere. Yeah, just nuts. Yeah. Um. 
but that's like their first thing. The real yeah. meet cute happens at this upscale thing where she's working as a server. Yes. At a big like acting gig, and she's doing impersonations of Greta Garbo and Catherine Hepburn and stuff. Yeah, that's when she's doing impressions. I, I did know uh, Shirley Temple is one. Shirley Temple, um, yeah. So that's that's amusing. I kind of recognize those names, but like there's definitely a lot of references to um like stars in this movie that I did not get at all. Yeah, I don't like, know. like so and so. Like, <laughs> I don't fucking know any of this shit. <laughs> the 1930s, yeah. Anyway, and then so at this point, she's like, you know, okay, this is where they do the joke where Norman Maine is like trying to get a scotch and soda or whatever, and they pour him the scotch, and he's like, eh, a little more, and they like keep pouring and keep pouring. <laughs> And yeah. then he's like, keep going until I say it. And then the guy beside him is like, oh, the war does win. And like, <laughs> yeah, that's his like oh, uh, producer manager guy, right? Yes, who loves him very much. Who loves him very much. And yeah, so it's like an eight, like a tall glass. It's like an eight ounce glass. And he gets yeah. about seven and a half ounces of scotch. <laughs> scotch. And then like a spritz of soda. And then, I mean, to my mind, he carries it away, gets distracted and puts it down and comes get another one. He may finish it. He probably does because he's an alcoholic. But then he like yeah. immediately goes back and is like another one, and then the bartender's like, "Oh boy, that's a lot of alcohol." Yeah, the bartender who the same one who served him before is like surprised that he's doing yeah. the same thing again. Like, <laughs> so there's like, it's, it's got some like, you know, raw, little old school rom com like jokes like that. There's a yeah. little more of like a comedy side. We move further and further away from the comedy as we you know get into the modern. Yeah, day. as we get into the like the real nitty gritty of it. There's a bizarre thing that happens here where like he meets her in the uh, in the kitchen. Yeah, she's putting plates away. Yeah, she's putting plates away, and then like he just starts fucking breaking plates because she like won't like give him her number or whatever. Like won't tell him yeah. her name. And or, he's like, but now I'm breaking these plates, and now they're going to fire you. And she's like, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm just trying to pay rent. Trying to do my job. I'm literally going to get kicked out. She's out of money. Uh, she's out of money, and so then his partner at the time like comes in and sees, he's like, what are you doing with this little waitress? Because it's like, isn't the first time he's done this kind of stuff with young women he finds attractive? That's kind of a running thing, too, is like, because right. then he, when he recommends it to his, his production guy, he's like, oh, another fucking lady you want to give screen time to, you horny bastard. Yeah. And, like, it's, it's tales of its time, right? Like, yeah. The, uh, the artist's, um, I mean, usually it's the artist's girlfriend in, in the stereotype, but Obviously, it doesn't right. have to be. Um, you know, or even the the person who tries to become romantically involved with a with a famous person to further their own career. Does it actually That's happen? Right. I don't know, but it you know it gets talked about. Yeah, nobody's tried to further their career by having sex with me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just how it goes. That's just how it goes when you when you get big enough. Just the way. Um, but yeah, he takes her out eventually after destroying just about every fucking plate in that kitchen. Yeah, I think he knocks over a stack or something too. There's like a cart, and he fucking just—it's like a weird like they're on the way out. Like he already convinced her to leave with her because he's like, well, it's it's too late now. Because I I for some reason I think like the the partner gets like knocked out. Does she <laughs> get does hit? She, she like maybe gets hit or maybe just leaves. And then Norman's like, well, you have to go now. And then he's they're running out the door and he like goes back to knock shit off the yeah. fucking cart. <laughs> and then he takes her home. And then we get the uh classic, the like the a star is born line. Right. And he's like, Do you mind if I take just one take more just look? Just one more look. Just wanna get one more look. Um 
or whatever variant of that. And I mean, this is also kind of where they first start to talk as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously into her a bit. Is it at this point where he offers to get her a screen test? Yes. Yeah. And then he like it takes a while. Yeah, it takes for fucking air because he like goes. We see him spooning uh, like a bottle of champagne when he goes to bed. Yep. Again, a lot of humorous alcoholism jokes yep. here. He calls his manager, bit, and, like, and this bit actually comes up where like, oh no, it's it's later. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. He calls or his manager. Where man. he falls asleep, and his manager's like, ah, he'll be out for like the night. I think that is, that is yeah that point where he, yeah. like he, he yeah it's because this is a bit where he like he's like in bed and he's like yeah. calls his manager and then he just like throws his. His uh, like sheets off, and he's still like dressed, and he like just goes. Yeah, out. he goes. He's, yeah, he's he's a wild man about town. Oh, and that's when he talks to her because he goes and finds her again. Oh, is that what he does? He goes right? and finds her again, doesn't he? Uh, and then everyone's like, "You gotta be at this film shoot in the morning, so make sure that you get some good sleep." And he's like, "Ah, don't worry about me." And then he like goes out. Okay, is that true? Yeah, maybe I. I'm not sure. I felt like he. Just had a couple of drinks and then maybe calls her or tries to call her. He like goes through a phone book, doesn't he? Yeah. Not overly important. We can't be anyway. Yeah, yeah. We can't get into all these details like this. Um. Yeah. So she gets her screen test. Um. And like eventually gets some gigs. She gets like an extra gig. She gets a gig where she starts running lines in a little diner. Norman Maine goes and talks to her there. And then eventually, what happens is that. The person they were gonna have act along in Norman Maine in this new film has dropped out or died or fucking something fled happens. The they can't make something it. happens. They can't They're make it. He's like, well, "What about this dame?" And he's like, "Oh, you sneaky Norman Maine! I should have like, known." Yeah. And so they bring her on, and that's the uh, that's the big takeoff moment. A star is yeah. beginning to be birthed. She does her first movie, and then they do their first screening. And then is this the one? I think they say in a few of them, maybe, which is like, ah, well, the tr- first thing you got to know is never listen to the critics or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then, like, they show this movie. Everyone loves Vicky Lester, except does she have that name yet? There's a whole Not- scene where, like, she's getting when- accepted by the, like, talent agency or, or management company or whatever it I is. I think they must have it at that point because... Yeah, it's got to be people, before that because she's people, always yeah. billed as Vicky Lester. And it's a great scene because they're like, her name's Ethel Blodgett, and she's like, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to come up with something that you just actually see the producer, like, rattle off in his brain. He's like, oh, Ethel Blodgett. Uh, it's like, all right. And then, like, her middle name's Victoria. So they're like, all right, Vicky, yeah. we'll go with Vicky. And then they're like, what do we do for the last name? Yeah, and he, like, changes Esther to Lester and is like, boom, Vicky yeah. Lester. And that's, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? The, like, the publicist, right? Oh, yeah, that greasy uh, guy. Mr. Sandman. Mr. Libby. Mr. Libby, Matt Libby. Um, Who, yeah. yeah, at this point has been covering up, like, a bunch of drunk driving incidents and stuff for Norman Maine. Yeah. Because he's the publicist. He's the publicist, and what was crazy about the screening test they do, not the screen test, but when they screen the film for the first time, yeah. is at the end of it, it's like, be sure to mail in your comment cards with your <laughs> comments about the film. It's like, what? What? It's insane. By mail. Oh, okay. By mail, yeah. And then afterwards, luckily, everybody is immediately talking about the film and just talking about how incredible Vicky Lester is and how much Norman Maine can go and fuck himself. Yeah, basically. Um, and then they're like happy together. Then, or they're, you know, getting closer and closer. And then, is that when they announce their intention to uh, 
get married to the like management company. Yeah, and then he does the like calculations. He's like, hmm, and she's like, what's the matter? He's like, he's deciding whether it's good for the production company. Oh yeah, and then he's like, it is. And then he promises to give up drinking. That's one of the things he does because he proposes to her. He said, "What if I yeah. ask you to marry me?" And she's like, "Well, I'd have to say no," kind of thing. And then you know they says like, unless, unless, <laughs> or what does she say? She says like, "You're like a drunk and like." A liar or something like that? Yeah, something like that. I don't remember the line exactly. My notes for this one are pretty sparse compared to the other my, ones. Yeah, my and notes like this are, are things sparse. like, remember when they were at a boxing match? And I'm like, yeah, I do remember that. That was strange. <laughs> they go to a boxing match? They do go to a boxing Danny match. Danny's actually a boxing match? Um, no, uh, Norman Maine does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't... I hardly remember that. I feel like there's... I mean, there's some things that get cut out. They definitely get an opportunity to streamline some things. In the yes. later ones, which is wild because they're still longer. But, they they uh, get an opportunity and they fucking throw it into the wind and say, <laughs> no, let's make a three-hour masterpiece. Uh, we'll get there soon enough. Um, yeah. So then they get married. Um, Mr. Libby's angry because uh, they, like, elope and he was, like, planning this big press event, basically. Yeah, because they're like, we're going to do a, a casual thing. And he's like, no, we're going to get the mayor involved. We're gonna, it's going to be a holiday for right. the school he's, children. They're literally like, like, we're going to do this thing. He's like, no, don't do that. I want a different thing. And then they go and do that. And he's like, why'd you do that thing? <laughs> he said, yeah. we're going to. They said they were going to. And yeah, and that's where we get to hear uh, Norman Maine's real name for the first time, which is right, like Henkel. Yeah. Because they like both Norm, have Norman stage Henkel. Names. They both got stage names. Um, yes. So that's that thing that he does. Hey, you know what I forgot to mention? What? This movie starts by zooming in on a script. That's right. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's like kind of got a framing device of like, this is a movie. Yeah. The same like framing device as the outsiders. (laughs) (laughs) So that's fun. Um, I forgot that was the outsiders. The outsiders, the book? Yeah, the book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because it's written by Pony, but not by Pony Boy. Yeah, by Pony Boy. Pony right. Boy writes the book. Okay, forgot or it's like a school that. essay or something. Totally forgot about that. Uh, anyway, yeah. So that's it has that going on because it's kind of got this like meta um, Hollywood thing. You know, it's all it's all yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. movie about Hollywood, which was a movie more about novel at the time, I think. Yeah, they like like in that quote, I was like, he's like, they don't need to go to fictional Europe; they can go just to Hollywood. Yeah, How some crazy. like weird like comic strip reference that I don't get, but had to Google or something like that. I don't remember. Or like yeah, a it's... book series. Anyway. Anyway, so here's the the thing that will never be repeated: is them going on like a camping trip. For yeah, honeymoon. they do their honeymoon, and it's like. I mean, it's all, it's entirely played for comedy. Like, that is yeah. an entirely comedic scene that really doesn't move anything a lot. Like, he's driving this older truck, or, I mean, everything is old because the 30s, so yeah. maybe it's a new truck, and I just can't tell. Um, he's driving his truck, and, like, there's a camper behind. She's in the camper, like, frying, like, pan-searing a steak. Yeah, pan-searing like a, massive a steak. steak. And he's just, like, and they're, like, going along this bumpy road in the backcountry, and, like, he strips a gear and, like, fucks up the car, and, like, they get stuck, and he's like, well, I better take a shower. And, like, he's taking a shower, and she drops the steak on the ground and just brushes it off. It's all just, like, 
comedy and then a guy comes by and he's like well i'm wet i better put this uh what is it house coat on tries to talk to the guy and the guy like will not take them back to town it's a whole thing yeah, and then he it, doesn't know who he is he's like i don't know who you are and he's like you don't know i'm uh norman maine and he's like oh don't know that oh, very nice to meet you norman maine and like i'm jebediah yeah. or whatever yeah. like and then like they're just stuck there and then like next scene we built a house where we're back in hollywood <laughs> yeah we're back in hollywood like we don't see how they get out of that scenario it's just like a, meant to be a comedy scene about RVs and how small they are and how strange to have a, a mobile home. Yeah. And then and like <laughs> how you can do home stuff while driving. What? And that's their honeymoon, I guess. Yeah. And then he builds a home by the sea. Does he build it? I think he, I think that, I don't think that's just like his house. I think he like has it built okay. or like was having it built. Cause I think that All also right. happens in. The next, the next two one, movies. next the two, next yeah, one. yeah. He always like, has yeah, like let's a, build a house together, and then like the house is built. There's no like construction until the seventies one. Yeah, no, no construction montage, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's yeah, sleeping with the champagne. We talked about this. Um, yeah. So then here we kind of get into the like the decline arc. Yeah, they get the scene that. Uh, it comes up a few couple more times where like he's sitting around at home doesn't have any work she comes home after you know a long day of working sees he's been like you know, like puttering literally like putting golf balls yeah around he like has some messages for her because he's answering the phone and it's like hey uh we want to talk to vicky do you know her and he's like yeah yeah they're like are you it's always are you the butler right, you the and butler? then he gets a call from a news guy who's like we're looking for an exclusive interview with vicky and he's like oh damn it yeah and then he answers the door for a package and the guy's like who the fuck are you this is for vicky lester he's like i'm her fucking husband and then he goes okay mr lester and he's like, right. no, I'm fucking Norman Maine. Mm-hmm. God yeah, damn people it. are recognizing him. And of course, as we mentioned, he's like stopped, offered to stop drinking. So he hasn't been drinking at this point. Yeah. For and that's some like period of time. Turning point for him there. But this is where he starts see to. Him yeah. Well, eventually, I mean, like at first, it's like wearing him down slowly over the course of the scene, right? Because then she comes home, they're like, you know, happy couple. She's like, I just like had to come home so quickly. I'm still in my outfit from work because I like didn't want to change before I came home. I changed now. He's like, I made sandwiches. The servants are out tonight. Like (laughs) the servants are out tonight, and she's like, Oh my, it's too big for my mouth. It's like. Just bite at the corner. What the fuck are you talking about? You You don't have to fit the whole. It's a sandwich. It's Um, a sandwich. But, uh, and apparently not a very good sandwich also. Yeah, like, I guess? Like, that's what they're like, ooh, he's not really good at making these sandwiches. Um, and he says something and, about being a house, and then they're Kauai house husband, I think. Is what he... Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they have, and then they have that scene, and he, what happens? Oh, right, on, the it's other... It's important to note that they're drinking milk here, though. They're drinking milk, earlier, yes. he's like, hmm, uh, milk could use a little rum in it. And then here he's just drinking straight milk. Yeah. And no by the end of the scene, he says, like, the the culmination of the scene is, he says, well, he starts to give her all the messages, and what, I can't remember if there's another thing that um, How many uh, people at the table for, because this is her yeah, Oscar award. Because she's been nominated for an Oscar already. Um, and then basically the end of the scene is he says, I need a drink. And this is always the craziest thing, is that he's like, I need a drink. And then she does... Nothing. She yeah, doesn't she even just go like, the, like frowny face a bit. She's like, it's like this is a major thing. You gotta, yeah, like this is huge. He's quit drinking. For I mean, a, uh, like, not to not to blame Vicky, not to blame Esther here. Um, you know, she's doing her best, but I'm surprised she doesn't say anything. 
Yeah, to put in no effort when your partner who's like, I'm going to quit drinking is now like, ah, I'm, I'm getting back on the wagon or off the wagon, whichever it is. Yeah. And she's just like, well, I'm not even going to say like, no, don't do that. Or like, let's talk about it or something. She just like frowns and is like, that's life. It's, uh, I find it to be lacking. Yes, I know she can't save him from alcoholism. Right. But like. But it's. Yeah, I guess a little unbelievable. Put in a little maybe, effort. And maybe, maybe it's different. Maybe things were different in 37, but... Oh, they for sure were. Uh, so, I don't know. I feel like almost nothing has changed since 1937. Uh, you know what you're right, Alex. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> um, I'm talking about. Like, look, we're still dressing exactly the same. I've got my yeah, fedora on. And we talk the same, too. Yeah. We're using the same voice. Um, so that's, again, your turning point. Like, we're, we're getting down. This is sort of the big turn turn downwards um as he starts drinking again and then so we go to the oscars yes um which or the academy awards were they called the oscars yet widely um the academy awards anyway she's getting academy award for best actress um and wouldn't you know oh no one norman Maine. he's late yeah, he's late. He's um, always late. She doesn't know where he is. Everyone said, like, don't worry. He's probably just, like, lost. He'll get here. He'll get here. Um, and when you know it, she wins. Yes. She wins. She goes up on stage. She has her uh, speech, which is something like, I can only think of two words to say, and those words are thank and you. That's um, right. Something like that. And then Norman Maine shows up, very drunk. Yes. And very belligerent. Belligerent, and he demands a Razzie. Demands a he's Razzie like, for being the worst actor. <laughs> he's like, where's the awards for worst actor? Yeah. God knows I've earned them. Yeah. And uh, messes up her speech, embarrasses her, and also hits her accidentally. Is that true? Well, that's right. Yeah, I think he, he like turns around and just like his hand happens to like hit her. And then everybody's just like, we're going to move on from that. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Yeah. The other thing we see at... Um, the award ceremony is like she's the other people at her table are like the people from the management company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've established that the like manager guy mm-hmm. has a soft spot and a fondness for Norman Maine. You know, he's trying yeah. to protect him. Uh, a PR father figure of not. sorts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the publicist guy doesn't like it. So no, he's like, I don't know why you keep that guy on. He's like, Norman Maine's a friend and a comrade. So I won't hear anything I, bad about it. Didn't write the specific lines down, but <laughs> um, to that effect, yeah. So anyway, so then she's kind of brought into the family. Yeah, just wanted and to then, mention that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That checks out. And then they send uh, Norman Maine to the sanitarium. Yeah, he goes to the sanitarium. Um, old old timey rehab. Old timey rehab. Uh, Vicky Lester convinces the manager, who we really should have named. He has a name. It's too late now. Uh, Oliver. That's right. Oliver Niles. Oliver Niles. And he, she's like, please go there and give him a bit part in the film so he can get back on his feet. And yes. he's like, my oh, God, I'll do it. Oh, but she says another line, which is important. Mm. Um, something about, like, all he has left is his pride. Is that it? Ah, uh, that's right. And so she's like, make it sound very good and not yeah. like a favor. And he's like, I'll do my goddamnedest. <laughs> He shows up there. He's like, then, then, and Maine has to be accompanied by uh, Mr. Cuddles. Is that what his name is? It's at, at least in one of the films, it is Mr. Cuddles. I do. I don't remember. And or cuddly, I don't fucking know. But he is like the sanitarium worker who's there to ensure that he's not getting drugs, yeah, or a shipment of whiskey or anything. And he's he's goofing business. around, right? You know, he's being personable yeah. and being like, ah, they're always. 
They, they think I'm trying to sneak in uh, some vodka. What do you think? Vodka. He's got vodka in his hat or whatever. He says. Yeah, he's like, you think he's got a crate full of vodka stuck up his asshole? <laughs> yeah. He looks at yeah, Oliver exactly. with that's like, a pleading eyes. That's a line a movie would have at the height of the Hayes Code. <laughs> stuck up his keister, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> do they even have... I guess keister's probably an old word. Um probably um but yeah he like he's yeah he's being very amicable very friendly very warm and he's yeah. like oh mr cuddle says i should see the other guys here they're really uh messed up in the head let me yeah. tell you although he does he's kind of starting to like hunch a bit almost at this point you know so he seems a yeah, little he's beaten a little down. like a little beaten down um but yeah so so the manager offers him this part um i he we didn't mention this but there's his contract gets bought out. Is that why he That's starts drinking right. again? That that is another. It's kind of like the other factors. Right. Yeah, the his contract is like, gets bought like, out. Sorry, we can't. Like you're not doing well. And, like we gotta end this. Yeah, because they go to the place to his the place he built his home he built. They yeah. take pictures of him with Vicky Lester, and then they tell him to fuck off yeah. so they can get some with just Lester. He talks to Oliver. Oliver's like, "Hey, that pal, how's it going?" He's like, "Tell me the truth. Am I slipping?" He's like, "You're using the wrong tense. You slipped." The people they don't love you anymore. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's the other. And one. so and he again, I think he like buys out the contract as a favor, or he tells him to buy out the contract. He's like, "Listen, Oliver, don't let me weigh you down. Take me out, and I'll just just keep keep the shit moving." He's like, yeah. "Very well. I love you so much, Norman Maine. God damn it." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So now they're talking at the uh, at the sanitarium. Uh, he offers him this role. He's very he's excited about it because he wants to mm-hmm. work and like he's looking. To work again, um, yes. But then he says, "Like, who am I starring opposite?" And then he kind of says, "Like, oh, it's not a starring role." Yeah, not a starring role. He's like, "But it's a, quite a small part." He's like, "But they'll be thinking about you for the whole yeah, film." But he's like, I, "I happen to think it's better than the main character." Yeah, he's that. That was maybe too hard of a sell on yeah, his exactly. part. <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, w- uh, well, I actually have other things lined up, which is a lie." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, I got other studios." He's like, "Well, maybe after that one." He's like, "Oh, I got like a fucking ton." Yeah, I've just got so much stuff, so you should probably find someone else. Um, obviously, again, lying. Um, yeah. So he's clearly uh, still down in the dumps, even though he's at this sanitarium. Yeah, and then he disappears. After yes. coming back from the sanitarium, he's sort of like he. They know he's released. They know he's coming home, but he doesn't ever arrive. Oh right, because he gets his ass beat at the the horse tracks. Yes, he, he goes out to these horse tracks and he gets water or soda or something. Oh, he gets yeah, the ginger ale and ginger just ale, ginger ale, just ginger ale, yeah. Um, and then he's kind of sees. I think some of his some like other Hollywood folks and. Like doesn't necessarily talk. He doesn't talk to them in this one. He kind of like nods at people. He's yeah. just like he's playing it low key, and then but Libby shows like, up. Kind of because he was kind of like a rough and tumble guy. He, he's burnt a lot of bridges, you know. Yeah, he doesn't really have friends, um, mm-hmm. so that's part of it. And then he sees Mr. Libby. Yeah, and he Mr. tries Libby's to like, like I was never your friend. Basically, because he's like, ah, finally someone I know. And Mr. Libby's like, no, fuck you. I don't like you. Yeah, you he's have like, I made don't my like life you. difficult for years. Like, you're a leech off your wife. Fuck you. And then Norman Maine's like, you can't talk to me like that. Swings at him. But I, he's, I don't know. Not a, are we supposed to believe that Norman Maine's like not tough or that he's just like he's off his A game in every sense? It's just... got to just be like, you know, he's it's all an act, right? Right. 
I don't. I don't because they eventually really remove that in later versions. They're like, no, this guy's a fucking swinger. Like <laughs> Norman Maine can kick some ass. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't come across as a fighter. He does go to that boxing match, but that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So he takes a swing at Libby. Libby fucking drops him. Yeah. And then he's he's shook, so he gets a drink, and then yeah. doesn't you know? And then he's this is when we learn he he's disappeared. No one can find him for I think several days. Yeah, uh, Wikipedia says a four-day drinking binge. Yeah. And then finally, he shows up because he gets picked up for drunk driving. Yeah, and so they go to night court, which <laughs> night court. is a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you see all like the, just the saddest group of drunks. Yeah, it's a bunch of how do you plead? For various drinking <laughs> for offenses. Various, yeah, drinking offenses. He's like, I don't feel so good. He's like, I don't care how you feel, guilty or not guilty. <gasps> And so they run through some drunks. Norman Maine comes up. He sentences him to 90 days. But then Esther is just like, no, please. Do you know who I am? I'm a celebrity. Let me take care of my husband. And they're like, all right, sure. You know, he's a piece of shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yes, but I love him. And she takes him home. And then he's like sleeping it off. And this is the other line that, that's repeated often where she's like, he looks just like a child when he sleeps. And it's, it's like he doesn't know all the harm and pain and everything that he's caused. And then he, like, starts to wake up as she's like, I will forego my beautiful career in order right. to take care of my husband. He's kind of in, like, the other room, but, like, the door's yeah. cracked. And then she is talking to the manager, whose name I have forgotten once again. Oliver Niles. I, like, Oliver Niles. Um, that name has a similar ring to it as Giles Corey, I think. I don't know. Why. Yeah, a bit. Oliver Maybe Niles it's the Isles. Yeah. Um, but it made me think of it. Anyway, so yeah, she's, she announces, not to him, uh, but announces her intention to retire, basically, and move home, essentially, like, and, like, work on the farm or whatever. I don't know. But, like, leave Hollywood with him so they can be together and he can be in an environment that is less, I guess, triggering. I don't know. Yeah, yeah something lower stress for him. Yeah. And he hears that, and he's like, I can't have her throw away her career. He's like, this is always a big part of it, is like, he wants her to be a star. He's like, she's got, she's got what it takes. She's got the talent. She's got the je ne sais quoi. We got to get her out there. So he hears that, and he, like, goes out and plays, like, everything's all normal. And he's like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to start living a healthier life. I'm going to go for a swim. And she's like, should I come along with? He's like, no, make me a hot toddy, a uh, hot soup. And then he goes and walks into the ocean. And never comes back. Well, and never comes does. back. Well, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then it cuts. Yeah, like we described the shot earlier. Yeah. That was this episode, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Where it shows the... the um, it just lingers on hit on where his house coat is. So we see, see him walk out to the beach, take off the house coat, and then he walks out of frame. Walk into the water. And then we see the tide, like, eventually take the house coat. Yeah. And then it sort of cuts to, I mean, wide shot, but then it cuts to, um, like, newspaper headline, body, like, body of Norman Maine found. Basically. Yeah. And then we see her at a funeral and everybody's trying to get a picture. Somebody, like, t is this the one where somebody takes off her veil and she goes, like, ah! That happens in, I think, the first two. First two, yeah. But this They're... scream is like heart wrenching. <laughs> she yeah. like screams like someone because it's all these like fans, right? Everyone yes. wants to talk to her. Everyone's like, Mister Lester, Mister Lester, you got. Did I say Mister? Anyway, yeah, Miss Lester, Miss Lester, you know, uh, yeah. do you have a comment? Whatever. And she doesn't want to talk to anyone. And then someone reaches in, pulls her veil back, and she just like screams. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's like a terror, like a horror film. Yeah. 
Um, and then we cut to her. She's packing up. She decided to go move she's back to the still country. Still leaving Hollywood. But, oh, what's this? But her grandma shows up and grandma rips her a new up. one. <laughs> and convinces her to stay. She's like, listen here, you little, you little sassy dame. You said you were willing to do anything to be a star. Now one bad thing's happening. You're turning around. I won't have it. Exactly. Secretly, I think because her grandma really wanted to make it to Hollywood. I yeah. feel like that was her plot this whole time. She's like, I get to walk on the, the theater <laughs> scene. Which she then she takes her does. to this, like, premiere or, like, it's memorial. Some kind of event. I think they say what it is and, like, it's, they, they plan to go to it before Norman Maine dies. Yeah. Um, and they say, like, I don't remember. They're like, that's a thing coming up or whatever. Oh, no, it's a charity event of some kind. Okay, yeah. And they're like, can you please make an appearance? Yeah, and exactly. Then- um, we get to see the reappearance of Danny here. He escorts the grandma, who yeah. does an interview with some people and lies about her age. <laughs> right. She's like, why? I'm 25. <laughs> like, like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so she gets to have fun on the red carpet, and they walk yeah. up. And then there's like this microphone with, mm-hmm. I, I think there's like three or mi- four microphones or something like that. There's multiple yeah. microphones on this thing, and they're like, the whole country, like, this one's going to the West Coast, this one's going to the East right. Coast, yeah, yeah, going yeah, to yeah. The whole country's listening. Do you have anything to say, Miss Lesta? And then she says, like, I am Mrs. Norman Maine. Min- Maine, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. She says, hello, hello? this hello. is Mrs. This Norman is, Maine. That's it. And then that's the end. Yeah. Um... Craziest thing is, is that line was a punch up by the two additional writers who came on. <laughs> Each of them have it was like, <laughs> I think I wrote down hello. this is. And the other guy <laughs> filled in the rest. He's like, well, who the fuck is it? <laughs> well, it's Mrs. Norman Maine. That's the film. We've talked a bit. Let's, let's break this down. Pros and cons. I think the plot itself is pretty good. I like it. Yeah, conceptually um, solid. There's definitely some old-fashioned stuff in there that, like, there's some fluff. Like, we talked about the honeymoon scene. Not really yeah, necessary. Not really necessary. And not really like that. Like, like you can have excess in film. People talk about whether, like, everything needs to be, like, adhering to the plot or whether you have room for a little right. bit of... And, like... Yeah, like, does do everything need to that. move us forward? Can we have a little bit of development that's not necessarily plot-related? Yeah, I think there's room for that. But there's some... You could cut some stuff from this. And yeah, it's so much in this is, like, bizarre and, like, would yeah. not would not play in, <laughs> in, a, in a modern version of the film. Um, I like... I like some of the comedy in it. I like a bit of the... I like when Vicky Lester does her impressions of other famous actors as she's, like, trying to work her way up. It's very funny. It's very charming. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Um, it's always weird. The like, I mean, we talk now about like power dynamics and relationships more. Yeah, but it's always. It, I mean, and even I think at the time, like we, we talked about how it's a cliche of like you know uh, a star taking advantage of a of someone trying to become a star. So I think that was part of it. It was just kind of unspoken. Certainly in the older ones, where it's like he is legitimately falling for her, but, like, she can't know that. Like, he could just be taking yeah. advantage of her naivety. Yeah, he does, like, kind of try to distance her, himself from her. He's like, no, you've made it. You're a star now. You don't need me. And she's like, but I love you. Yeah, so, like, that's where you kind of get the, like, honest, the, like, earnest part of it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, because we do have to believe that Norman Maine is good, right? We can't have him be a predator. <laughs> True. That's that's the important thing, is that as, as much as he has issues, um, and those don't really get delved into until much mm-hmm. later uh but you know he's he's at heart uh, uh, a decent a decent fella a decent fella a good upstanding man um yeah and so i think what we do see is much better uh love stories coming in the later editions 
because I think there is mm-hmm. some, like still something maybe just a bit stiff, a bit weird about this one that doesn't quite like hit as nicely as it could. Yeah. I think one of the big things that helps that in, is particularly in the the two most recent versions is that the connection over their shared like passion is much clearer like through music than it is through acting. Yeah, you can express some stuff through the songs that even starts to happen in the 50s one, but it's a little mm-hmm. more muddled because of the well, we'll talk about it. Yeah, um, the, yeah that of it all. Um, and I mean, I don't know how restricted films were at the time, but there's definitely some things they wouldn't want to show. Like, I think they they don't kiss before getting married, right? Like, um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if you can show that. I don't remember now. I'd have to double check on that. Um, but like, it it feels a little more sterile in that way, just because nowadays you're like, oh yeah, well we can do like nudity or near nudity in film no problem but like you can't have that yeah. in 37 it's interesting that like we the sexuality on this like in terms of sterility is like low here probably peaks in 1976 and dips back down with the yeah. the most recent one yeah yeah but yeah you're right there is a bit of that stiffness there it's like well we can't show these people like really being in love before they're married that's a bit <laughs> like absurd um, but yeah all, all in all solid and watching it i was like cool i'm very excited to see what comes next and what and comes next what comes next is a fucking slog <laughs> <laughs> thought it was a slog eh? it was 1954 it's long. Uh, it's long directed by george kukor who originally declined to direct the original because it was too similar to a movie he had just directed the name of which i have forgotten uh 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 uh, 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 uh. let me tell you let me tell you the name of this who directed the remake the line is come on uh, 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 uh Kukor felt the plot, the plot was too similar to What Price Hollywood, a film he had directed like two years ago, or five years ago, actually, 1932. So he the plot was on too similar to the movie that was directed, uh, that, w- that came out in 1937 that it's based on? Well, that, in 1937, they approached him to make the film. Oh, make, I see, I see, I see. And then he said, No, it's too similar to What Price Hollywood that I just directed five years ago, and they said, Okay. We'll get William A. Wellman to do it. So fuck you. Okay. And then this time around, he comes on it because uh, they had done like radio play versions of this. Um, and Judy Garland specifically had done a radio play version of this. And she had been off of movies for quite a few years. Her first film since leaving MGM in 1950. So Judy Garland, in terms of actors, she is about the closest to the Norman main character in terms of lived experiences. The Norman main character? Yes, because okay. she has a lot of mental breakdowns, um, right. some substance abuse issues, uh, and those things come into play during the production process of this film, because apparently it was a real pain to to make and produce. They did, there's a big, so this one's a big musical. Yeah. There's a big musical number about halfway through the film that they shot like three or four times in different outfits. <laughs> Is that the like premiere? Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's like right at the halfway point, basically. And then there's a, an actual intermission. Yes, there's a literal intermission in this film because it is three hours long. Now, this runtime, it was originally a little bit longer, and then uh, George Cooker and the gang knocked it down to like 182. Then Warner Brothers, under some pressure from theaters, it's just like people who buy the movies off Warner Brothers, like this thing is too fucking long. How are we going to turn a profit on it for this if every running is three hours? <laughs> So they cut it down to two and a half hours. And then 
they, they just because films didn't care, like studios didn't care about preserving shit that they had thrown away. They apparently melted down a lot of the cut footage on the master oh. for uh, the silver content. <laughs> like, we'll make our money back from the silver on this Do this they, film that we're no longer using. Is that why there's a scene that's just pictures? Yes. Oh my so, god! I could not figure out. I was like, what is going on? In 1981, so much of the movie. In celebration of one of the uh, the people who worked on the soundtrack for this film, Ira Ira Gershman, Ira Gershman. something like that. Ira Gershman. They had the cut footage of the first song she plays in that dive bar, the first song she sings. That was cut from their original theater run, oh, despite really? being like critical to the film. So yeah, that's uh, not in the original because they premiered the original one in its full length. But from the cut version that Warner Bros. did, they took out that song, which is insane. Yeah. So they play that. And then the president of the Academy is like, yo, that fucking rocks. That's Faye Kinnon. She's like, that's sick. I want to see more of that. She gets in contact with the WB. She's like, can I get my hands on this? And they're like, yeah, okay. So this uh, film preservationist, Ronald Haver, uh, starts to dig around through the archives of film librarian and grand theft motion picture criminal, which I was not able to find more details on, Merle <laughs> Ray Harlan. <laughs> And he digs around in there. He finds two more musical numbers. Here's what I'm here for and lose that long face. They're unable to find like about eight minutes of dramatic scenes, but they decide to use production stills instead of cutting that footage because they were able to find the full soundtrack. And so in 1983, July 7th, they uh, released the reconstructed version, screening at the Radio City Music Hall. With an extra 20 minutes of footage. Yes. And that's the version you and I have seen, and that's why maybe you just weren't paying attention at the start, but there is like a thank you to the Academy. I and did like the, miss that entirely. Yeah, so that's at the start of the film. And so that is... That's the setup. I was eating this. ice cream, maybe that's what... You were eating ice cream, that would, that would do it, Alex. Um, you know, it happens. Um, okay, that's a real interesting story. Um, it's an interesting movie. I mean, I just... With these old ones, I just find them so fascinating. It's hard to, for me to think of them the same way I think of... Like, if I go see a movie... Mm-hmm. with these old ones because it's just like old stuff and old stuff is like fun to me right just because it's old and like novel okay yeah yeah yeah. um and i think this movie is part of that um sure, but it's yeah. but what's interesting i mean i part of the reason the runtime is so long one is the other ones are kind of longish as well but like it has these full musical numbers and yeah, you they're full like long, like full. Um, whereas some twenty minute tracks. Yeah. Like. Well, one of them is like, yeah, is it like twenty minutes long when she does her debut thing? It's like long. It's so long, um, and the one at the end is very long too. Just the one at the. Uh, oh wait, no, no. Actually, I'm I'm still thinking of the boy in the trunk or whatever. That is the one that is very long. There's one at the end where she's dressed up the why the long face where she looks like a scarecrow person. Oh yes, that's quite a while. That's quite a while too. Um, and I mean there's a whole scene in the mid like the the new version of like his downfall scene where he's mm-hmm. like giving her messages and packet the package and stuff. Yeah. They like there's like a whole musical number in there where she's like singing to him. Yeah, they fucking put Judy Garland to work yeah, here. Absolutely. I, I would have had a breakdown too. I would have um, had a breakdown too. And like all he has to do in that scene is like smile and laugh like, occasionally oh, when the camera is like, Oh, like, you're a wild it. one, as she does this like fucking ten minute number yeah. about the play she's or the movie she's working in at the time yeah. at the time. It's like, fucking insane. So I didn't dig into the the um lyrics all that much. There's a lot of them, but like they're kind of related to what's happening, right? So like yeah, it's a musical, but it's a bit because it's a musical about people who make musicals, right? So like the right. songs they sing aren't they're the story of a different show, 
but they kind of play into the plot. So like, but not really. So like, you still you have this whole set like part of the film that is musical numbers that don't really further the plot so you have to have a whole film on top of that yeah so it ends up being really long very 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 long um yeah there are some good things about this one there are there are i mean first thing they cut out basically everything before them meeting yeah, we're getting right to the fucking yeah, meet cute. She works in an orchestra. Show. She's performing. She's singing with some other people. There's the yeah. Danny. He's the piano player. He's the piano player. Um, yeah, and Norman back. Maine is there. He's shit-faced. He gets on stage with them, and she, like, works it. She's like, okay, we're yeah. going to dance a little bit. Okay, we're going to get you off stage. She's like, no, we're not. We won't do that. And she's like, right. no, 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 no. But she, no, like, plays it off well, and everyone, like, has a good time, even though he's, like, yes. stumbling around and basically just being awful being a, a nuisance and yeah. then they set up their version of the hollywood uh walk moment in this early scene so we forgot to mention this but when she's going to that charity event in the original she looks down and she sees the norman main signature and like handprints and footprints and dick prints or whatever like uh, he's looking at you kid or whatever yeah uh, yeah what, like exactly that. <laughs> and so that kind of like inspires her to have her this is mrs norman may moment and this moment he like grabs her lipstick because she's like complaining with the the lad she's like this fucking guy is hammered he's like oh norman Maine was hammered was he and he flirts a bit and then he does a big love heart with right. their initials in it yeah and then she still esther blodgett in this one that's right yeah she's still esther blodgett and then he fucks off. The next day, he's like kind of trying to find her. So he goes to a club where they perform. And then there's this club owner who like also is his like. Wasn't isn't this like the same night? Is it the same night? Like, I assume it was like, a different. I gotta night. go to a thing. Like I have somewhere to be, which is her okay. performance with her band. With Danny I assumed it was a band. different. And then day. he like follows her, kind of. Or, no, because he has this scene with the club owner where he's like, hey, where's that dame? He's like, you're looking for this? She works with this uh, like music company? Go over to here. He's like, And then he's like, hey, you got any other like sweet pussy in the club here? And he's like, what about this dame over here? He's like, she fucking slapped me like eight times. He's like, what about this one over here? And he's like, no, we don't get along since she shit on my chest or whatever. Like, yeah. This club owner is right. also like a date hunter for him, and it's very okay. strange. Okay, I remember that. I remember that now. Um, right, so he finds her. She sings, and he's like, you're very good at singing. Yes. <laughs> this is, like, a very stressful scene, because he, like, isolates her from her group of friends, like, yes. violently. Very, like, like, he grabs predatory. her, and he's like, quick, come over and talk to me. Have you ever seen a boxing match? And then he, like, decides he's not far enough away from them, so he goes to another room. They go through a kitchen. They go, Secondary like, location. That's dangerous. It's very dangerous. <laughs> but they do have an... He drives her home. Yes. Um... And then she says, like, I gotta leave in the morning. Right, because um, she's with, like, a touring yeah, group of touring. And he says, like, no, I know you could make it if you stayed here. Mm-hmm. Um, so stay here and, like, I'll get you a screen test or whatever. A screen test, exactly. Similar to the original. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, we do, we move so much quicker in this one. There's no, like, sitting at the farmhouse getting teased by your family. Yeah. So that was one of the things I initially appreciated. It was like, okay, we're, we're at the meat of things immediately. Yeah, it's right into the romance, right into them meeting. Uh, the meat of the meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, want to look at you one last time. Hey, did we mention that he says that again before he walks into the ocean? Very important, but yes, that's he important. says that, yeah. and that's he does that every time. So that's um, what happens here because he knows he's gonna suicide, but nobody else does. Yeah. Um. 
Norton Maine in this seems a lot more because we know the next few beats she she's convinced to join she signs yeah. up with the industry or yeah. seems a lot more like helpful in terms of setting her up in this one True. I although it does this is where the extended still segment happens right uh, where like he fucks off because he basically gets kidnapped by his manager to go film like he's like passed out from drinking and right. then, like, wakes up in a car and is goes to make a movie and she's and then he can't find her for mm, like a while right. because he's out like on the ocean making this movie for a while oh that's and right then, he's out on the ocean yeah <laughs> and then she's like just working odd jobs and she had said something earlier about like i'll never work like slinging burgers again and then like she has to in this right segment. in this um, thing yeah i, I kind of like tuned out for these like <laughs> production real I was ones. So, I was it was like, so okay, weird i was uh, like why is it's all stills i was like i don't i don't understand this artistic choice but now i do yeah it's, um, it's a restoration decision a restoration thing so anyway eventually he does find her kind of semi by chance i think yeah i don't remember the details i don't know because it's done in stills he like he i think he deliberately finds her though because He's he like looking for her. Drives his nice car to her yeah. neighborhood, and he's like, you kids, get away from that car, or I'll fucking wallop you, well, like, I swear to God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that does happen. Um, and then Also, he's British in this one. I didn't even notice. Is he actually? <laughs> he's a British oh, actor, so. and it comes out okay. a bit in the... Because they have the like mid-Atlantic, sort of not British, yeah. not American accent thing going on. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so they meet, he gets her screen test, but she's doing some, like, you know, still minor work. I think she's yeah. like waving a, a handkerchief out a window of a, of a train. Oh, that's right. And they're like, we don't want to see your fucking hand. Yeah, they're like, they're like, she's like, like building this we don't want to see your face. We just want to see your Like, we do it again, but hand. please don't let us see you kind of thing. Please. And then same fucking beat, like he, the lead drops out for another film that Norman's in. Yeah. He hints but, to Oliver to get her in. Yeah. But he specifically like, she's singing or he's playing a recording of her singing. And then right. he's like, oh, you need to find someone? Oh, I wonder who you could be. And then he like, kind of opens his like window so you can like hear this, this uh, her singing more. And then he's like, oh, I wonder if we could find someone like around here who could sing. Sing like Gee. that. Wouldn't that be crazy? Wow. Yeah, he and really he lays it on pretty thick. He's like, okay, I see what you are. Yeah. Anyway. And then she gets her screen tap. There's other bits in here. There's like she there's a whole makeup bit where like they give her a fake nose. Oh yeah, and they fuck her hair up and like he has a good laugh out. Yeah, her. and then the, he like Rita helps her redo her makeup before her That's a tip. that's actually a really good moment, I think, cuz it's it Yeah, cuz he's like no, we want to see the real you like, kind of thing. Yeah, he's like we don't need Hollywood to tell you what you look like. You, like you are yeah. good. But it also like are. it really fucked me up for a minute because like I was like why does her face look so different? And then he like pulls her nose off. I was like, "Oh shit, it's a fake nose." Oh my god. Like, fairly convincing fake nose. Um yeah, they they had the skills back then, man. <laughs> but yeah, they run her through the gamut. Of, oh like, man, I found, sorry, I found the line I wrote down. Don't yes. settle for a little dream. You go on to the big one. That's what he says. Oh to yeah, me. that's what he what says to her when they're about. at her apartment that night. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Yes. I didn't. I, like, I have not been reading my notes. I've been. I'm, I'm looking at them as I kind of go, and and it's it's it's, it's sometimes helpful. Anyway, sometimes oh, not. and that's before. This is also when she because she's like doing a bunch of like. But like, what, like gr- not grunt work. She's like doing working. Like like, she's like punching in, punching out. They're like giving her her paycheck and stuff daily. You know, it's like oh yeah, she gets her first pay stub, and they're yeah. like Vicky Lester, you're Vicky yeah. Lester now. But she goes, yeah, she goes to B, and they're like, yo, yes. you need to be in L. 
to get your thing, and she's like, "What? That's weird." So then she, that's what she finds out. She's become yeah, Vicky she's Vicky Lester. Okay, yeah. Um, so that's fun. Yeah, that um, is a fun thing. Is that's after she does the? Is that where they, they like kind of run her through the studio? She like goes in through that little like turnstile. Yes. She like I mean, has her her like scrapbook. She's like, "I brought my life scrapbook." They're like, "Okay," and then she ends up like going through this building, talking to people. They send her to the next room. She talks to them. They send her to the yeah. next room, and eventually she's just like outside. Yeah, she gets shouted at for being in the way of a shot. She meets like the yeah. president who's like watching a movie. He's like, "Get her the fuck out of here!" She's standing in front of the projector like a fucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a whole thing. It's a, yeah, but it's a definitely great, like a comedy like, setup, right? Yeah, it's a, great. And then she's like out the door, and she's like, "Fuck, this is." <laughs> and then tries to go back in, but the like re- revolving door gets stuck, and she oh, gets, gets stuck. stuck. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so now she has her film debut. This is the really yes. long, the first like really the, the long. The boy in the trunk, I believe it's called. Um, boy in the trunk. Yeah. So it's her story of like, or it's her story, but it's not her story, right? Like, yeah, it's the story of like coming up from small town and like becoming a big star because you worked hard and. You know, got rejected, and and eventually, like, people started to like you, kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like extended scene because it's like this movie, basically. Yeah, you because it's her movie premiere, but we actually get to watch it, and it's so fucking yeah, long. it's like real long uh, about how she's from Idaho or whatever. Okay, here's some. So she has a wig on in this. Now I've not, I'm not super familiar with um, Judy Garland generally. But yes. I've watched Arrested Development, as sure. of you, um, oftentimes, often together. Liza Minnelli, who's Judy Garland's daughter, is in that. Yes. And she, with that short wig on, they looks like they look so similar. And they sound <laughs> similar, too. Like, they sing similar. You know, they're, they're very yeah, similar yeah. in many ways. So they, it's very novel. They are novel. certainly family. That is, yeah, that is novel. I just, like, the problem with this movie, for me, I just zoned the fuck out every time a music number Yeah, there were on. definitely times. I mean, some of them were longer. Um, and this one had, like, four false endings along with the one she does <laughs> for Norman later that I just, like... I just tuned me right. And then it was like intermission. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch the rest of this movie another day. Cause that took it out of me. That took the wind out of <laughs> no, my yeah, I mean, that's right in the middle. That's like an hour and a half in too. So like, that's a movie. Yeah. Um, also it was a double feature at the theater and like Norman's like, Oh, my, my film's playing first. So they'll hate it. And then you can be the star in your film. Right. That's like what he tells her. And then, so of course, yeah, that's our turning point where she starts to become a star. People start to talk about her. And yeah. again, they get married. There's no weird honeymoon scene. Yeah, the marriage. Yeah, no weird honeymoon scene. Marriage announcement to getting married is pretty much beat for beat. The proposal's yeah. a little bizarre, though. Okay. Oh, yes. It's okay. so what happens is he visits her on set. She comes by to talk. One of the sound, like one of the directors, one of the sound guys is like, "Hey, put a boom mic over, uh, like over them talking there." Yeah. They somehow don't notice it. We don't really get to hear the conversation, and then they like walk back and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna play back this take." And then we hear the conversation, and he's like, "Will you marry me?" And she's like, "No, you're drunk." And then after they listen to the whole thing, she's like, oh, well, now I have to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, so like, gets, everyone's like, there listening, like, gathered around watching them. Yeah, so she gets peer pressured into accepting <laughs> a marriage. Accepting the marriage. They get married. Um, uh, why does the judge always get to kiss her in the, the marriage thing? Man, it's the 50s. I don't know. He's, he's like, well, I get to exercise my right, and then he just fucking tongue blasts yeah. her. No, I'm kidding. He just kisses her. <laughs> <laughs> they have... Um, 
the house he talks about building the house i'm pretty sure at some point yeah, the house yeah. gets built they have a house they have a party at the house where yeah. they like show movies which is like they got a projector right so it's huge with the deal. royal canadian air forces yeah and then like at this time norman main kind of steals away and his manager is doing some Oliver Niles. Or something and he's yeah, like what are you working like... for and then at that point is when they have their discussion about dropping him yeah, he's like, we got to drop you, bro. And he's like, okay, sweet. And then from here on, it's like beat for beat. We get the, yeah, the kind second of the, half, in the butler very, scene. very similar. There's a lot. Yeah, yes. Much, much closer to you. Except then we get a number where uh, Judy Garland gets to do some kind of racist caricatures. Uh, a few of those. Yep. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's this is where another big uh, musical number where they're sort of having a fun time. It's pretty cute. Um, uh, but yeah, she gets to do like her various accents and jump around a lot and dance on various tables and things things yeah and then he again ends up by being like i need to drink and she again does fucking nothing nothing. yeah so very similar from here uh once again oscar speech Uh, with that massive live broadcast screen there's like a big ass fucking screen that's like showing the same way you'd see on a studio like here's what's being projected to the world (laughs) to the world pretty cool um that's one of the great things about these just like the novelty of a of a movie that is about the film industry that is from like years ago is you get to see all of these like classic like film setups because they do shots of them making a film in the film that's true and yeah you have the big old cameras and stuff very cool yeah um I um, he needs it. so what happened for me here is my library copy of oh, <laughs> the no. film was a bit scratched up. Okay. So he asks for a job in his like Oscar speech. He does. He's like, Does anyone can anyone give me a job? And then it like it cut out and I had to skip to the next scene to kind of progress things. So I don't okay. know what happened after he asked I mean, for a job. Similar stuff. I think he hits her, but it's more obviously an accident. Okay. Um in this one, as I recall. Yeah. And then of course she like cries and stuff. Um, and that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Okay. Um, and then we catch her, uh, caked up in makeup for this weird, why the long face musical. Yeah. And she delivers the same speech that like initially is the one Norman overhears where she's like, oh, he's, he, when he's asleep, he looks like a baby and oh my, it's quite stressful. Right, but that's after the, day. after the musical number, right? And she's talking to the manager. It's like midway through the musical number somehow. Okay. She like goes out she and does, finishes the t- right. Well, she does a whole musical number, um, yes, and then um, it's kind of about like being like smiling even when things aren't great. So I'm like, okay, yes. I see how that fits in uh, theoretically right. with what's happening. And then they take a break, and then she talks to the manager at that point, and then she like kind of cries and breaks down and has to wipe a bunch of makeup off. Um, right. And then they say, all right, now go for the close-up. So they did the video, they did the wide right. shots of the number, okay. and now yeah, they yeah, need yeah, the, yeah. the close-in shots. The close-ups. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so from here we get, uh, we get your same beats, he disappears, we we get uh, the same sanatorium stuff, etc. That's all pretty yeah, much by the basically the same. Um, drunk driving. Drunk driving. There's another court scene. The Christmas right? church, night, night court. Yep, night yep. court's back. Um, the next big thing is in this one, and this really changes the context a bit, I think. She says the career without Norman is nothing and that she'd give everything to have him be well, which I think makes his noble sacrifice gesture, if we can call it that, killing himself, like much worse. Right, because it's the same. Like, he's still robbing. Yeah, not that it's good that he kills himself in any of these. It's right. tragic. Right, right. But, like, this makes it worse. Because she explicitly said, like, I don't care about it. But he says, 
But he still thinks that she's got to go for the big one. Dream. Yeah. House. I guess, yeah, it's him being like, listen, you got to go all the way. And if, if, you're, if your love for me is going to put you out, I got I to gotta get out of the picture. Oh, my gosh. I just, I had another line I wrote down. Yeah, what do you got? When she's crying mm-hmm. on, the, on the set. She says, love isn't enough. I thought it was. And I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. Sad. That's a rough one. Oh, my gosh. And she, said, she says, like, I think I, I hate him sometimes. And I was like, oh, Judy. Why? Judy, yeah, we get we get a little more real. I think the relationship comes out a little stronger and real in, in yeah, this one, and like it feels rougher too. Mm-hmm. It's very idyllic, even when he's like drinking a lot, even when they're like sad. Well, yeah. no, she gets pretty rough at the end, especially with that whale. But yeah, that whale, which uh, she, oh. that same scene happens here too. Yeah, it really um, feels more like Judy Garland, and I should say Esther is blaming herself. Yes. Yeah, anyway. it, so that comes out stronger. Um, so instead of getting her grandma, she gets some random studio guy in this one who's like, listen here, you dame, Norman Maine wants you to go out there and perform your heart out. So you go out there and you give him what for, I tell you, good God. That's not someone we know? No, he's like a studio guy. He's okay. not Oliver Niles, but he is like some other fucking guy. Right. And then kind of like same beat, so she goes to the backstage at that theater that they first met in. She sees the uh, the, the, heart. the love heart, and then she goes out and she says, "Hello, everybody. This is uh, Mrs. Norman Maine." And that's it again. That's it again. Yeah. That's your second time around. There's uh, Mr. Libby when he's um, chastising Norman. Gets oh yeah. To say the not with a bang, but with a whimper line. I think that's right. I was like, "Is that from this?" What the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't remember where that's from, but it's not this. It's not this. Um, and then, yeah, clocks him again. And yeah, fights him. Uh, yeah, that's that one. It's long. That's that one. Um, yeah, pros and cons for me real quick, Alex. Too long. Very long. Uh, too musical. Yeah, I, I liked some of the musical scenes because they're very, you know, visually exciting and, like, you get to see people, like, actually dancing. It f- but it's, right. it's that very much that, like, stage musical feeling. Yeah. Um, there, I, there were some bits, I mean, it's very long, but like the, the boy in a, boy in the trunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's like some cool stuff in there where it's just like going through doors into different like offices yeah, the and big, stuff. Like, yeah, the, like the visual appeal is very cool yeah. and wouldn't be out of place in like a sci-fi film. Like, <laughs> yeah, but. this is very like much like primary colors and like mm-hmm. flat primary colors and, and, and like weird spaces where you can go through a door and kind of come out a different one. Yeah, but like the musical like styling is so dated for me and just like Oh, it's for I, sure dated. Yeah. It just yeah, uh, my brain that. could not be convinced that that was entertainment. Yeah. So it was like somebody coming at me with a stick and hoop. I was like, I don't know what you want me to do with this. Yeah. What? Um, yeah, so I think one of the reasons I could handle it was uh, I did like like I watched part of it, made dinner, ate dinner and then like finished it so I did take a break. Yeah, yeah, I, I did too. I, I took a day between it. Yeah, <laughs> for I think yeah, definitely like take some time on that on that intermission if you can. Um, but it's if you like old stuff, it's an old stuff thing. Old it's thing. an old stuff, and I like improves on the relationship aspect, the love story aspect. But I think the next two versions are superior to that. Yeah, let's talk about them. In fact, we should probably talk about them both at the same time. 
Now we no, I think we I think we could do one at a time. I, I think we can one. we can okay. knock this out here, Alex. Okay, nineteen seventy six. We got directed by Frank Pearson, uh, executive produced by Barbara Streisand, starring Barbara Streisand, and starring Chris Christopherson. Um, yeah. Apparently, Frank Pearson fought with a lot of people on set, including uh, Barbara Streisand. Uh, it was written by him, uh, John Gregory Dunn, and Joan Didion. Uh, Dunn was a journalist for Time Magazine. His wife, Joan Didion, is considered one of the pioneers of new journalism along the likes of uh, Hunter S. Thompson, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were considered for this. They wanted Neil Diamond, Marlon Brando, uh, Elvis Presley were all considered. Colonel Tom Parker kiboshed the deal for Elvis because he's like, he's got to have like a million dollars and he, he got to be the top billing. And they weren't willing to do that. Neil Diamond was touring too much. Um, this one grossed $80 million on a $6 million budget. So that was pretty good for the time there. Yeah. Second highest grossing film of the year. Critics liked it, thought it was too long. Uh, soundtrack was number one in many countries. Uh, Evergreen, one of the songs on this, is the biggest hit of Streisand's career, won the Grammy for best song to ever be in A Star Is Born. To be in A Star Is Born. A lot of filming in Arizona in this. All the clothing in this is Streisand's own clothing, at least her clothing is. She yes, I did everyone. see that. It was in the, I saw that in the credits. Saw that in the credits. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, boom. Now we're we're at the the version that is recognized. We're in music. People. We're talking about music now. Finally, we're talking about music. I Here mean, we are. We're music. Already. It was kind of a hybrid for the last one, and now we're in music. Definitely. Music. And no so this one Hollywood. and the next one start introducing us right with uh, with our Norman main character. Here he's yes. John Norman Howard is his name, and he is they like they and really cut straight to like who is this guy? He is a alcoholic a drug addict and a musician boom 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 he does some coke delivered to him by yeah. his coke man gary Busey. Gary Busey is coke man that happens a couple times uh the other thing they do in this one they say fuck in this one you can say they fuck say now it's fuck. 1976 can, that's right they say asshole so he's late for a concert the crowd is yeah. getting fucking wild Nancy, uh they're shouting things uh finally he comes out does a show and it's fine i guess it's, yeah, he comes out and he's like, are you figment of my imagination or am I yours? Which is part of the song? Which is part of the song. he does it, it again also later. Is, is a pretty sick line. Just what this general. one has, what yes. does, isn't in the next one is, I get a feeling like he's kind of getting sick of playing the songs, the same songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But that comes in a bit later, actually. That comes in because, well, yeah, when he kills himself too, he pulls out his. He starts listening to this song that we hear at the beginning, and then he throws it out to listen to something different. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes KFC. Uh, and this one we've got uh, Barbara Streisand. She's already working as a musician. She works in a, in the racially charged name the Oreos. It's yep. her and two two black women. Two black women. Um, so that's her group. She's much sassier. Yes. He's much creepier. He's much creepier. At least in a modern way. I guess, yeah, I suppose so. Because he's, he's like, pretty rough in this one. You know, he comes off as, as like, pretty mean often, too. Pretty mean, yeah. and, yeah, very fucked up. Because he, he goes to a speakeasy where he's not allowed to drink. They don't have a liquor license. Right. And he's like, babe, just look he's the like, other way. I'm going to okay, fucking drink out of this bottle. bottle. It's like, okay, I got my own bottle. And she's like, no, you can't drink that here. So then, you know, it becomes a whole thing. Yes, and while uh, while Barbara Streisand singing, so that's kind of when they meet. It's a yeah, and rougher. she's like, "Listen, you're ruining my act," and he's like, "Fucking sorry." Yeah, and then he, he tame for a bit. Then this fan comes over and is like, "Hey, have some of my booze." Also, you should go up there and sing a song. And he's like, "No, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life." It's of course it's love at first sight for John Norman here. Of course, 
and then he gets into a fist fight with this guy and wins because this John Norman, this Norman Maine, he doesn't fucking throw lose a in punch. a fist fight. He can throw a goddamn punch. Yes. And then that's when they first meet. That's when they first meet. He does the fishing, boxing metaphor thing, but just fishing this time. <laughs> um, and then they go to a concert. His he, concert? He, yeah, his concert. He, he's like, come to my show. Right. And he tries to and get her like, to come take out and a, Take a helicopter? Yes. The thing is, I mean, in this one, he's a... He's a like, instead of this, there being a studio or, like, managers, it's all his, like, entourage people now, right? Yeah, it's very, like, Elvis Presley-inspired. Yeah. Having watched the film Elvis last year, it's like, he's got that vibe with a bit of, like, a and, Jim like, Morrison They're all just, addict. like, enabling him and, like, doing things. And even later yeah. on, there's, like, things not getting done because he's expecting his entourage to just, like, take messages for him and stuff. And he's like, yeah. where is everyone? As like, yeah, you know, sorry to answer the fucking phone. Yeah. Um... Um, wildest thing though that happens at this concert, he tries to get her on stage. She's like, "No, I'm not going to do it." So he's and like, then, "All right, I'll steal all right, this motorcycle." He, yeah, he doesn't steal it; it's given to right, him. Right, the guy gives it to him, <laughs> and he rides the motorcycle around, rips some donuts. Yeah, rips it onto the stage. Onto the stage. And then crashes and everyone, it. Someone says like, "Ah, not again!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this isn't the first time he's gotten a motorcycle uh, at a show. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny too because he like crashes and we kind of linger on the shot of the stage where everybody's like freaked out and we see the guy who gave him the motorcycle fucking just jump off the stage like arms out like he's gonna <laughs> fucking fly to save him oh man yeah wild scene um but then he like leaves her yes they like, all leave her she gets fully abandoned and abandoned at this show and has to make her own way back um at some point, when does the radio show host Baby so, Jesus go? Baby Jesus. So Baby Jesus, the, uh, again, Jesus like you, Jesus? you said, to, uh, it's yeah, it's Jesus because he yeah. is uh, he's uh, Hispanic. But so you like told me you'd watch this before, and you're like, this is when it starts to feel like a movie, and it's like, oh yeah, we got a movie here. So Baby Jesus shows up in a helicopter at uh, John <laughs> right. Norman's house. John Norman shoots a gun at him. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, then, we an exclusive uh, interview or whatever and he's like landing by the pool and just like grabs a gun yeah and just starts firing at him he's like fuck you John Norman flies out of there he's like oh, I gotta make it up to him gets a big case of Jack Daniels to take to baby Jesus baby Jesus and he's like hey man let's forget about the whole thing and he calls him an alcoholic on air he's like hey John Norman's here and he's an alcoholic and he sucks and so then <laughs> He whips the uh, the case of whiskey at the glass and breaks it, and this upsets baby, baby Jesus more. Even more. Uh, on his way out, though, he sees Barbara Streisand, and they're recording some like promo for like a cat like food a, for like old an cats, ad, basically. Yeah, yeah, for cat food, and like they can't do it because they keep laughing. So yeah, like she's taking a break. Well, they, Barbara Streisand keeps laughing. She costs her friends the job right, here. She does. And they're like, all right, fine. We won't do it then. Yeah. Um, but they're like, it's okay. And then that's when he finds her again. And then he like yeah. brings her back to his place. Brings her back. Point, I think. Yeah. And bring, so he brings her back. And we have what I think is a very good like start of the romance moment. And she's playing her little ditty. And she's like, well, maybe one day it'll be a song. She's like, but nobody can sing to it. And he whips out some lyrics on the spot. Yeah. And so they connect over the their passion together. of music. Yes. They write the song together. And then that leads to just like just peak horniness like they just oh, fuck absolutely. on some cushions the the bathtub scene yeah and then yeah and then they go into the bathtub afterwards yeah 
and like it's it's like, a lot so of that, like you know tasteful coverings. Yeah, a lot of tasteful covering. It feels it like yeah, Barbara Streisand is not wearing a top. She takes off her little Jedi gi and like starts going <laughs> going to town here. Yeah, and that's her own Jedi gi. That's that. Yeah, that's hers. So I was like, why is she dressed like Luke Skywalker? <laughs> hey, Barbara Streisand for you. And they, yeah, so to me, like the the feelings of intimacy, the feelings of like like for lack of better words, like passion, horniness are like peak in this film. Yeah, I mean, it in like a very seventies way. Everything's very seventies for sure. It's made, by, made by right in the middle of the seventies. But I think it's a good way. I think the yeah. the love scene we get in the next one is not as good. Oh, he also writes her name backwards in spray paint on the wall. That, that is so fucking impressive. Yeah. <laughs> like as they walk upstairs, he's like writing her name. backwards backwards i mean he's writing it forwards but he writes it from the back you know yeah he writes he writes it so that it displays forwards yeah but he is writing in cursive with a spray can backwards as he walks upstairs backwards in one stroke as yeah. he walks upstairs so like insane i wonder how much practice that took i know i was like how many shots how yeah. many shots <laughs> like all right repaint the wall <laughs> like we gotta wait a day up. now like we oh man yeah, unfucking real. So yeah, he does that, which is sort of like a setup for the like the Hollywood Square thing slash the the love heart. Yeah, it doesn't really similar. play the same way, but no, it's, it it's comes similar. in like right at the end again, but just so she can be sad, um, to see it and remember that it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she she does makeup on him to make him look like a clown when they're in her bathtub. Yes, that's, that's so very exciting scene. Um, she... Oh, and he's got beer cans for candle holders. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead. Um, he's doing a show. It's like a charity show. Yes. Of some kind. A smaller audience, you know, than these like huge music festivals he was playing before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when he like convinces her to come out. Right. On stage and sing her song. Yeah, he's like, and that's because um, like, we wrote the song together. Come on out here. Yeah, impressively tight stage show for zero rehearsal. Of course. <laughs> um... But you know that's part of the magic of these movies. Um, is that is that the one where the Oreos come out too? Like he like had them in in, oh, the, in the wings. Yeah, I think so. Because she like starts yeah, singing, like, and then that comes things. to yeah. So he had like contacted them beforehand too, and I was like, yeah, hey, listen, so, we'll get yeah. you on here. Um, I'm trying to remember the proposal. She proposes to him this time. Yes, while they're driving. And then he stops the car, and then people are like honking. He's like, "Hey, shut up! We're oh, doing yeah, something here." Oh yeah, just in the middle of the road, like not even yeah. pull. It doesn't even pull over. He just stops, and people are like, "She's What's like, I want to marry you." Yeah, um, they get married. You find his full name. I think it's the first time you hear his full name again. Yeah, it's not like um, John Norman Howard. Yes, yeah, John Norman Howard. Um, then they go, and he like has a ranch that he bought at some point. Yeah, so they're like honeymoon on this ranch. He's of course sworn to to be sober from here on, and then yeah. he owns this, and it's just like stakes in the ground. She's like, "Well, where's the kitchen?" He's like, "Well, you're standing in it." Right. Oh, right. There's a whole thing where she's like, "And where's the bedroom?" And he's like, "Also right here." And she's like, "That's ridiculous." So then there's a whole montage of them building this house. Oh yeah. She says that's ridiculous, and then they fuck in sure in the. I think that's very important. Right. Right. Very important. And then there's a whole montage of them building the house. Yeah, then they just build a house. Just the two of them. Yeah, just the two of them. He's, like, running all this machinery. Um, and they build the house. And sure enough, the kitchen is... A, or, or the bed, like... the There's, like, a bed suspended above the kitchen. Above the kitchen, yeah. So he had it in his head the and whole time. And let's just say, that's an incredibly nice-looking house. Yeah, I mean, he's got the cash, you know? 
He's got the cash. And apparently, apparently also the ability to build the, it himself. <laughs> the skills. So impressive. Unreal. Um, there's horses. Yes. They have horses because it's like a ranch. Um. And then, uh, I mean, of course, this at this point she's had her performance. Her her star is starting to take off, right? Yeah. Because you got to have that before they get married. Um. And then she starts to, you know, write more songs. There's a whole, like, interview scene. There's a whole montage of her performing. And she's touring. Or no, she's not touring. Is she touring? It's very funny because the montage very much looks like it was all shot at the same place they did the first concert. Yeah, the first concert. concert. But she just comes out in different outfits. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, it's So she does places. some shows. She puts out... They do some recording as well. I guess yes. that's the other important thing. Because she's, like, trying to do some recording. And then he offers some, like, oh, what if we did this? What if we... And, like, he helps with it. Yeah. Like, and he's like, you can use my band the the freeway speedway no they're called speedway, speedway yeah, and speedway. then they become freeway later when they abandon him yeah when they abandon him because he goes to build this house and is gone for like months he's and they're like well months, let's yeah. do an album because he's supposed to do an album like he's got a contractually obligated album or something right and then he's like not doing and they're like well what if we just did an album because like norman's not gonna help norman's john gonna norman howard yeah okay so then what happens next? Um. So yeah. So he that that those things happen. Sorry, I like music started playing randomly out of title. And okay. It threw me completely yeah. off. So uh, um, they do right, have so a like phone answering scene, and he tries to like write some write a song because he's kind of in the dumps because his band. Yeah. At this, this point, his band's already left him, or. Uh, there I, I think he is writing this just because he is like getting kind of inspired by her. So they work together. Right. They really share like a passion of music here that really like yeah. bolsters their relationship. And then he, she, she's like out doing her thing, and I guess he's like, "Well, it's time for me to get on my shit," and starts writing this song. And he like he hits the recorder, and the phone's going off, and he's like, "Somebody right. fucking answer that thing." And nobody's around. Right, but his entourage has kind of abandoned him. Yeah, it has abandoned him. He's no longer the big deal. And so he lays down what will become like the final track for the second last one because she gets like two numbers out at the end here. Yeah. And so he tries to write the song, doesn't, and then takes the uh, he takes all these calls. Yeah. We get the, the butler the scene. Um, she comes in. He's given her the messages. He seems really sad. Yeah, he's always sad, sad in this scene, but oh man, he's sad. In this oh one. man, very sad in this one. Very similar. He says he needs a drink. All that needs a drink. Boom. Cut to the Grammys. The Grammys. It's, it's not the Grant. It's not the Oscars anymore. It's the Grammys. Yeah. And he gives what is maybe like the most like like good speech. <laughs> like the most like he has a point. I was like, wow, he's raising some good points here. <laughs> like, okay. Which is, uh, remind me, uh, so he's like, you don't have to thank anyone. He's like, you don't have to thank me or these, because again, like a big part of the Norman main character is his belief in our Esther Blodgett character. Right. Who worth noting this one, people ask her, there's like interviews after her first performance and they're like, what are you going to, are you going to change your name? And she's like, no, why the fuck would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> Which is like a good callback. She stays Esther Blodgett for this, but yeah, he's like, you don't have to thank anyone. You made it here by the grace of your own incredible skills, which is like not a hundred percent true, but I do like the idea of it where it's like, you are good. And so you deserve to yeah, thank yourself. You. I do like a bit of that. Um, so yeah, that that happens, and then instead of the the journalist scene where it's just like a call from an old journalist buddy who's like, "Hey, buddy, can I get an interview?" Instead, it's like some stone right. woman who shows up in his pool. She's just in his pool, <laughs> topless. Yeah, and then she's trying to get an interview with with Vicky. Yes, I mean Esther. <laughs> Esther, she's like, "I'd do anything for an interview." 
with Esther, and he's like, oh, shit. But he's also, like, you know, he's a self-destructive alcoholic. Right. Um, no rehab of any kind in this one. Nope, no rehab, just cheating. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I, I wrote here, I've heard of high fidelity, but infidelity? Oh. You like that um, one? <laughs> and there's this whole scene, like, because Esther walks in on them. Gasp. Um, she's upset. Yeah. And then this, like, reporter's like, oh, let me get my recorder. Like, I'll ask you these I'll oh, ask no, you questions like, now. All right, sick. Now let me ask but you some questions. she just then, like, holds the mic out and is like, all right, speak. Yeah, she, yeah, she's, well, she's clearly, like, a little... Yeah. Fucked up the report. I don't think she's quite on top of anything. But yeah, yeah also what kind of interview is that where you're just like, yeah, start like all right, what do you uh what do you got for me? <laughs> what do you got for me? Say some okay. words. Um, it's revealed he couldn't get it up for this reporter anyhow, but like obviously it's st- still infidelity. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have a fight. He says, I love you. She says, I hate you. And then she's like, if you love me, you gotta fight for me. Um and yeah, like, but there's a line in there, and he's like that he like repeats later, and like it. Yeah, it's, you can fuck up your life or whatever, but I won't let you fuck up mine. Right, and he's like, good point. I'm yes, and that suicide. that acts as the catalyst for him. Yeah, uh, killing himself. Yeah, which in this one, I mean, it's slight. Uh, it's a suicide, but it's suicide by drinking a lot and then driving fast. Well, you're drinking a beer. I don't know if he's drinking a lot. I assumed it was a lot. It's, I mean, a 355 milliliter can. I think he just takes the one with him. Okay, I guess if it's just the one, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's he maybe not. To drive yeah, cliff it's, or whatever. in the desert, and then there's just like an extended scene of him just driving fast in the desert, just ripping, yeah, for like a while. You already mentioned that he like is playing his old song and takes it out and tries to goes to listen to hers. Yeah. Um. um yeah. This one fucking i don't know this one hit like a car crash man it was like kind of because they like she wakes up before he takes off he makes up a lie about going to pick up yeah the oliver niles character from the airport and he's he's just like i'll be back real quick and then he like she's like i love you he's like i love you and he's like boom i'm gonna go fucking drive a car too fast yeah it was rough (laughs) so and then she like goes and like like his body is there yeah she like identifies his body yeah, that's the next because we don't actually yeah. see the crash. We see the aftermath. She's like, yeah. he needs more blankets. Yeah, and, and she says like, she can't do it without him. And then they are like, no, you got to do it. She has she has this very sad breakdown scene where they're like clearing out her his house, and somebody accidentally somebody somehow knows how to turn on a <laughs> like, right. like a cassette player, but doesn't know how to stop it. His demo or yeah. know, what he had recorded before that day that he answered the phones. Um, that's where the one more look line is. is yes. His demo. Yeah, because it's like, isn't it in the song? Yeah, it's like part yeah. of the song. Yeah. Um, and then so she ends up finishing, presumably, and then singing the song. Yes. And then she does... Uh, so yeah, we, what happens is she, she finds the will to, to continue making music because she writes that song with him after yeah. crying about it a bit. It's very sad. And then the final like ten minutes of this is just a close up on her face as she performs two tracks. Yep, the songs. It's a while. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, for me, I think like the love story kind of hits the strongest on this one. They're a bit flirtatious with each other. They're a little goofy. He is a little creepy, sure. But I th- and- yeah, I think it being modern definitely makes it feel more real. I guess just because it's. I mean, even like I say, modern. It's still old, but it, it feels modern, like a modern style of movie 
Like it's yeah, it's it's more recognizable. Kind of like this. Kind of like this. And I think just the shift to the music industry and having that shared passion come through really makes like yeah, it ties the two parts of the story together. Yeah. Especially like look at the first one. It's she's like not even really a performer when they meet, right? She's like, I want to be an actor, but like I've not acted in anything. Like I just Yeah, which also makes that one like the most predatory because she's literally a nobody and he's like, Hey, yeah, I'll have to get into the industry. As opposed to the other ones where he sees her perform and is like, You gotta get bigger. Yeah. And and you never really get the like like in the first two, there's not a scene where they act together and like suddenly they're overcome by their own scene or like people around them are like, oh my god, I didn't realize you you were you were acting. Like like there's no like oh yeah. it was so good. Our shared love of acting has also brought us together. Whereas this one has that where they're like, oh my god, we make such beautiful music together. And what is love if not beautiful music of life? Like it just it's it's better. It just works better with this format. Yeah, it makes more sense and feels less like the stage play uh, less like a stage play we um, almost take like a step back in terms of like mental health care weirdly enough because like he doesn't even try to get therapy or anything true he's de- he feels rougher i mean there's one thing that like early on it happens in the 54 one as well where like mm-hmm. they meet and then she kind of like he's just being like rough and like drunk and yes. then she kind of has a line where she says like but he seemed nice and it's like well wait a minute like where did you get that from yeah there is a lot of that like early in this one too where she's like he's a drunk and he drove me home and i for some reason told him to come by for breakfast tomorrow and, yeah. and he did with a pizza yeah he like sleeps outside her house in a car right for and three he says, hours she says like i'll make what does she offer to make i'll make breakfast i don't know if she so offers she, a specific breakfast where she does and then he, she, he's like where's this and she's like i've never cooked oh like, yeah she's like i've never cooked and i wasn't gonna I cook he's like i know that's why i brought the pizza yeah. So yeah, um, they, uh, there is a bit of like a mental unwellness on both their parts where i'm like i don't know if you guys should be yeah. jumping into this but you um, are but yeah i mean she's sassier that's for sure She's sassier for sure. I like that. Yeah, she's got a bit more uh, like a spine to her, a little more character, yeah. I think. Which, uh, yeah, makes more sense in a modern context. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, there's actually, there's one line. It's fairly early on before when he's like taking her to the concert. She says something like, uh, maybe uh, if you get a tambourine, I'll get to shake it. Which Yoko Ono reference? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Um, also, Paul Williams worked on this. That's cool. Hey, Paul Williams. Uh, he's a guy who writes songs. Hey, he is. Is that the guy who's the partner of uh, of what's her face here? Barbara Streisand. At the time? No, I'm thinking of a different guy. There's a different guy who was her partner during uh, okay. filming of this, and then got the rights to A Star Is Born, which is uh, which was a bit of a hassle for uh, Universal. Is it Universal who does the movie here? Whoever uh, does whoever, the 2018 version. So let's yeah. let's let's move right into this 2018 version. Yeah. This is going to be a long episode. It's it okay. is going to be a long episode. <laughs> it's a That's big fine. undertaking. That's um, fine. so a lot of rumors about a remake of Star Is Born as as early as like the 90s, and they were like, oh, it's going to be Will Smith, it's going to be Jamie Foxx, it's going to be Oliver Stone, it's going to be Beyonce in this. Um, the 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 rumors are crazy. Paul Walker was considered for the leading role. Oh, once damn. I mean, if they, if they make it every like twenty years or so, or they were for a while, so yeah, it makes sense if they would start talking about it in the nineties. In the nineties, Mariah Carey, Lauren Hill, Alicia Keys were all considered. Oh, Christian yeah. Bale, Leo DiCaprio, Tom Cruise, Johnny Depp, J Lo, Rihanna, Shakira, Janelle Monae, Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, uh, Kesha was considered at one point. 
and Clint Eastwood was meant to direct this originally. <laughs> that would have been something else. Clint Eastwood's a star. <laughs> Clint Eastwood's a star is born. I don't even know what that would be. That would. Be. I don't know if I've seen any Clint Eastwood directed. I pieces. haven't either. But from what I hear, like based on my impression of of him, it would be have been very interesting, especially in 2018. Yeah, he would have played. <laughs> he would have played <laughs> Jackson Maine. <laughs> Or something. I don't know. Anyway. Jackson Maine, a racist war veteran. Yeah. Who's <laughs> also, also a country, country star singer. Music star with the voice of an angel. I don't know. Yeah. So in finally in 2015, they announced that Bradley Cooper's going to direct. And Beyonce's in talks. Bradley Cooper says, I want Jack White to play the lead role. Yeah, so I hear. So I hear. Um, Doesn't Eventually, it comes out that it's, it's going to be Bradley Cooper starring alongside Lady Gaga. Um... Of course, boom. This thing is so jam-packed full of, like, celebrities and names. Yeah, well, I mean, we actually recognize them now. But it's not just jam-packed full of celebrities and names. It's jam-packed full of stuff. This is much more dense film than the other ones. It's a dense film. It's um, thick like cake. It's thick like cake. No, but really, like, it, like there's things happening, and there's, like, yes, more yes. subplots and more characters. Like, Gary Busey's character in the 76 one, like, he comes yeah. up a couple times. There's one bit where there's a shot close up on Chris Christopherson's face, and then he just, like, yeah. comes in from the side with, like, a little spoonful of <laughs> cocaine. And, like, shoves it in his nose. Um, but, like, he doesn't do a whole lot, you know, other than be a roadie. Yeah, like, he, like, has lines and is, like, kind of the closest thing to a manager that like, Chris yeah. Christofferson's main has. Especially but, in the yeah. back half, like, he drops out. Like, he doesn't do much at all. Yeah, he's gone. It's bizarre. Um, but in this one, like, there's, there's just so much more stuff. Like, oh, I really feel like... In the 2018 version, mm-hmm. it's made. It's a film made for the internet age compared to the other ones. Like they try to explain everything. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like they were like, okay, everyone's gonna pick this apart and find plot holes or whatever. So we need to like explain as much stuff as we can. So like, there's things like, um, even their initial romance. You know, like why would she do this with this random guy? Oh, well, she just got dumb, so maybe it's a bit of a rebound thing. You know, kind of that sort of thing. Um, right, why right, does right. the Ritz Rody care about him so much? Oh, it's actually his brother. Like, why is he depressed? Oh, well, he has issues with his father. You know, that kind of stuff. He's but attempted suicide before. Kind of also stuff. like uh, an advancement in how we understand mental illness in the year. That's true. That's true. Uh, uh, these like, aren't well, complaints. We just these are just yeah, 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 observations yeah, yeah. Um, about like it's there's there's more stuff going on, you know, and then like why this happened well, because of this, you know. There's a lot more of that. Yeah, there is a lot more of that. So they, there is like a more rich background tapestry here. It's, it's, some details are like insane and like almost didn't come through, or like were muddled because they're like, yeah, yes, totally works. A Lady Gaga's father, Andrew Dice Clay, is, <laughs> Dice Clay, is a yeah. is a driver and also like he could have been a crooner. It could have been a, yeah, it could have been a crooner, and he bets on horse races with in, in Japan with his other driver friends who also live in this house. With it. it's, it's like very like or like muddled. they just meet there before work or something. <laughs> yeah, or know. something. It's very strange. Yeah. So similar story. Um, it starts with a performance, but it, it unlike said the seventy six version, he's not like late or anything. Yeah, he's like on top of his game. We see like yeah. kind of the efficiency of his drug habit here. He pops a pill, downs it with whiskey, boom. Right. He yeah, plays pills, a hit baby. Song. We're at we're at pills. It's we're not coke. Pills. Anymore. Yeah, coke. It's a little, a little bit, but pills. There there will be snorting of pills after he smashes them with a fucking boot. Yep, with his boot. Yep, that does happen. Insane. Um, 
But it's also, like, kind of more personal, because, like, everyone's sort of doing coke together, and, like, Gary Busey gives it to him directly, things like right, that. Whereas yeah. this is, like, he's doing his, you know, he, he's got some pills. He takes pills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little more isolated. Yeah. So, yeah, he goes, does the show, hops into fucking Matt Parkman's limousine. Yep. Uh, the detective from Heroes. <laughs> And he, we see that he's both a personal guy. He remembers his driver's uh, kid. He's like, how old is that little little rascal now? And he's like, oh, he's like a 17 or something. He's like 13, 17, something like that. He's like, holy yeah. crap, shot right out of the ground there. They have he the downs way. like a full bottle of Jack Daniels in this time. He's like, we got to fucking get some more booze here, Parkman. He, Parkman's just fucking looking for the cheerleader. He's like, oh. yeah, <laughs> it's like, I got to save the world. Uh, I got to save the world. Cheerleader. Um, I, he's coming off, like comparing... Chris Christopherson and uh, and Bradley Cooper's versions of the character. It's yeah. so much. He comes off more like a jolly, but confused. At least at the mm-hmm. start of this one, compared to Chris Christopherson, who's like an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> like he for sure. He's yeah, because Cooper's too likable for that. Like just in general, but they really do play that. Yeah, jolly, confused. Like the advancements. And he can in be drunk mean. Acting. There's definitely ways that yeah. he's mean for sure. But like he he comes across more jolly, especially early on. It's not like he's not being belligerent in the same way. Like when he goes mm-hmm. into this bar. Well, it's not like in the '70s one where they're like, "We can't serve you alcohol," and like you can't drink the alcohol here. Yeah. And he's no, it's like quite fights a, a guy. In fact, he doesn't fight anyone at all. He doesn't punch anyone. No, Lady Gaga punches yeah. a cop. She punches a cop. Because they do... Okay, we're missing a few steps, but she does we're punch a cop. We're missing a few steps here. We're, we're talking broad strokes here, but yeah, I think, like, what you're kind of getting at, this is the most accurate, like, alcoholic acting we get, both in terms of just his general performance and, like, the story beats they make him go through. Mm-hmm. It's so you get that, yeah, that cruelty, that meanness that is hidden behind there a little later. You get this sort of jolly confused, just like, even the way he's talking in these opening scenes, it's like... I have talked like that as somebody who's been drunk frequently. Like I, you've heard pe- yeah. drunk people talk like, like it's that. All it is, it's all slurring. It's all slurring. Not slurring. It's, it's slurring. Not it's slurring, and it's a little. Uh, it's just like a little. Uh, yeah. Up. He goes. He's like, hey, there's a bar there. We see a shot of rainbows and a noose, which is a little bit of foreshadowing. Ooh, yep. Yeah. And it's drag bar doing drag show. It's drag bar. Yeah. Um, uh, he goes in there, and the guy's like, this isn't really your scene. He's like, hey, my scene's anywhere where liquor is on Jackson, Maine. Also, his name's Jackson, Maine now. Yeah, and he's, like, hanging out with, like, the bouncer, like, recognizes him and, like, brings right. him in and is, like, hanging out with him. Yeah, the bouncer. <laughs> is he the bouncer? He's, oh, I thought or he something. was just, that's, I don't uh, know. Really Lady Gaga's friend from the, the restaurant the or restaurant? whatever she oh, Okay, at. so is he like promoting? I don't know. He may yeah, have he, a role. He in might the have bar. just I don't know. been at the entrance. That's <laughs> true. That's Jackson Maine. This is like almost the unbelievable part of this is like in 1976, having a universally recognized uh, musician is like in some ways more believable than in 2018. That's I guess true. we're we're just meant to believe he is a superstar of that status. Right. Like like you and I right. would both know Miley Cyrus or Billy Ray Cyrus. Like these are yeah. household names. Both of them. Um, both, yeah, both of them equally. Uh, <laughs> right. So it's a drag bar. You get a bunch of drag queens from like like literal drag queens. They pull people from like who are are known drag queens from the the circuit, the scene. Um, because mm-hmm. Greta was pointing them all out to me. She's like, "That's so and so. That's Butsy Normus or whatever." You know, they all got <laughs> yeah. pun pun names. Yep. And he's there. He's like, "Well, okay." But they let Lady Gaga perform here. She does a, a French number. She gets up on the bar. She dances. They they lock eyes. He comes back afterwards. And this is, again, great drunk acting. He's like, is your real here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
this is your real eyebrows. Can I pull it off? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, uh, yeah, okay, okay. Okay, yep, surely. <laughs> yeah, he definitely, like, comes across, like, I said jolly and confused, but, like, not really very charming at this point. Yeah, yeah it's a just, bit like, clumsy. awkward and, like, confused. Yeah, and then they give you the hit where he plays the drag queen's guitar, and they're like, do a number for me, sweetheart. He's yeah. like, all right, and then he does his big country music number. Or a small one, rather, you know, it's yeah. nice enough. And they're like, oh, he can also also sing. Just like, yeah, because she just does her big number, too. Yeah, and La she's like, rose. and she's like, oh, let me get into my regular clothing, and then I'll, she like finally agrees to go for a drink with him. Yeah. She comes out, she's now wearing her classic meat dress. She's in regular clothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. Classic Gaga <laughs> meat dress. <laughs> um, nah, street clothes. Uh, made a yeah, street clothes. She sees him perform uh, the bit of the song. She's like, "Oh yeah, Jackson Maine. What a what a hunk." They go Start to an ex cop bar yeah. where they like they play Jackson Maine tunes because country rock. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Yep. Some the guy does the guy try to get him to like sign something. He or? tries to get a photo of him because he's like, "My ex girlfriend left me for a guy who says looks just like you. Oh, I gotta yeah. take a Help picture." Help me prove that he totally doesn't look anything like. Totally him. doesn't look like you. And then Lady Gaga's like, "You want a photo? You want a photo?" She clocks this cop. Good job. Yep. Um, and then they hang out in the parking lot, and that's when they write the song. Yeah, because they go to get frozen peas for her hand. He also picks up some Cheetos for Matt Parkman. Yeah, because he's thoughtful. He is thoughtful, and then he gets a picture taken by the cashier who, like, sneaks in a photo. And you can tell Lady Gaga wants to fight her, too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and they hang on the parking lot with the peas on her hand, which they're icing. Um, and then they're talking about her. You know, they're, they're, they're getting to know each other. They get to know each other, and they basically write the hit song Shallow here yeah. in the parking lot. She starts to, like, sing the line, like, about ain't it so hard being so hardcore. And he's um, like, did you just write that right now? And she's like, yeah, <laughs> did you just come up with that right now? You're a songwriter. Um, yeah. And then it cuts to, like, the morning, and she gets home late. Presumably, they finished the song together. Because yeah. there's more of the song the next time they sing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like them meeting. Um, well, I think what happens is that he finishes a bit of it. Because I don't. I think she's surprised that he takes her up to, to sing this song. Okay. So I think he takes that first verse she, she wrote and like he, he writes uh, his little verses. Because then he tells her, like, well, I'm going to go up and sing this thing and you can jump in. And then, I don't know, she probably had the chorus just deep inside of her. I don't feel like they uh, sat in that parking lot and wrote the whole song out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I just feel like, where did, they, where did the words come from? Come from the heart, Alex. Come on, grow up. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and okay. we get the one last look at you line here. And the yeah. classic meme where he like, says, hey, let me get yeah. one last look at you. And she does the nose thing because she's like, I can't get a good job in the... Because of my nose. Because of my nose. Everyone hates and my then, nose. And she does this... It's the like, largish nose. It's yeah. It's fine. It's a nose. It's fine. I like a big some nose noses. Lady. Some noses nice. are like that. Like whatever. Noses are different sizes. But she does this thing where she runs her finger over. Although, like, so oh yeah, sorry. No, you finish over here. the top of her face. She goes over her nose and down, and it's their fun little gesture together. Barbara Streisand and Lady Gaga, both known for having largish noses. Mm, there it was. Yeah, so it's required to play the role. Yeah, it's part of the thing. Um. And then we get we cut to this rehearsal that he's doing for this concert that he has invited her to, and we find out that he's suffering from hearing issues. Yeah. He's also suffering from being related to Sam Elliott. Yeah. Hey, brother, you got to wear the hearing aid here. It'll be okay. 
But he refuses because he says it'll like make him feel distant from the music. Yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, and then we cut. He has to, a concert. He convinces yeah, he has a concert. her to. Yeah, she eventually. Wanna, she sends Matt Parkman to get her. She doesn't yeah. want to come. Uh, and then eventually, like her boss makes her angry, and she's like, "Fuck it, let's go." She's Brings like, her friend. Let's go. Yeah, her dad's like, "You should do it." Her all the gambling driver friends who were there are like, "You should fucking do it." And she's like, "No, I'm gonna go surf tables or whatever." And finally, and she, she goes backstage at the show. Yeah, and then he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna call you. Call you out. You're gonna sing a song. We're gonna sing a song." And she's like, "I don't want to do that." And he says, "All you gotta do is trust me." He also says, "You don't have to do it if you don't want to, but like, uh, I'm gonna sing it, and if you come out, that'd be cool." <laughs> is that what he actually says? No, I don't remember what the line is. Doesn't I he think say something a- like that. He says, "Like, I'm gonna sing it. You can come out." Yeah, that's that's kind of what he says. Is yeah. like a kind of push. It's not like you could don't have to come out there. He's like, "I'm gonna sing it, and if you, you're not gonna be there, and like." Hey, he's, he's, most importantly, he says, all you got to do is trust me. And she trusts him. She gets up there. She sings the song. If you heard the song, if you listened to us talk about it last week, you know what we're talking about here. Yep. Oh, and he, he does a little, like, nigging on himself. He's after the show. He's like, oh, you know, it's, we kind of just put it together quick. The tempo was a little off. He's downplaying it. Yeah. And then they go back to his hotel room. She does a little quick carny shower on her junk. She thinks she's about to get laid. And then right. he's, he's, but he's passed, passed out. out. And then Sam Elliott's like, yeah, he's not going to wake up. Yeah, which also is a scene that comes back a few times uh, across the movies about him <laughs> passing out. She's passing not usually out. there, though. So then we get their, like, love scene, which just happens, like, later in the night. He, like, wakes up. Yeah. And, and they even do the bath thing, sort of. Yeah, they do. They do the bath thing exactly. Was it exactly? Put, oh, she puts makeup on him. Oh, uh, they're in the bath. Yeah, they Oh, yeah, she does do the it. eyebrows. She does the eyebrows. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of beat for beat. Except with more uh, the questionable consent. I mean, he's an alcoholic, but he like passed out. I don't know, dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. You try. Yeah, it works. They they do it. Who? Which one of them says they usually write on a typewriter? That was a real eye roller for she me. She says that. Yeah. She's like that was early on. She's like, I usually use my typewriter. I'm like, did we see that in the background of the show? Did I see that. Um, a motorcycle returns in this one because he comes to her house on a motorcycle. I thought for sure he was going to die on a motorcycle in this one. I thought like, so too. I will, I will not get on that thing when you're drunk. And I yeah. was like, okay, yeah, okay. And supposedly the script was originally that he was going to drown, like in the original. Yeah, because um, he was going to do a sick jump off his motorcycle. But the like, ocean. there's also a moment to jump way to the end of the film. Yeah. He's about to get in his truck or whatever. Or he like yes. throws himself. He in his gets truck, in the truck, yeah. And then he like gets out, and then like the middle of the shot is the motorcycle. I'm like, he's gonna get on that motorcycle. I know. I was like, he's gonna die. Get and then it even took me a second. This might as well talk. He, he, I'm like, why is he taking his pants off? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his belts in his hand. And yeah. I was like, which of oh, course, at oh, some no. point in the movie, we learn he attempted suicide by hanging when he was by hanging on a young. ceiling fan. Um. What else in this movie? Uh, Sam Elliott's his brother, and also sold they like sold the farm? ranch. Sold the ranch. Yeah, the farm. So there is no ranch because Sam Elliott sold it, and he was like, "You didn't. You you weren't gonna." Yeah, you dirty. But he punched you. He's like, "I told you, but you were drunk. You stole my voice." And then he goes to work for Willie Nelson, I think. Yeah, he goes to work for Willie Nelson. Um, so that's cool. Um, Dave Chappelle is in this movie as well. He goes to see his friend, old friend Dave Chappelle. Yeah, uh, so, so Gaga starts touring right. with, with Bradley more. Cooper. Then she gets a, a gig with Interscope. 
uh, or a, a contract with Interscope. Right. Uh, Interscope agent approaches her afterwards. Interscope is actually the record label who produced the single Shallow and maybe the whole album, uh, the soundtrack for this film as well. I don't know, but hey, that's neat. This is a weird scene where she tells him and he like falls over and then he does this thing. She's like, are you jealous? And Are you jealous? And he does this thing where he wipes a donut on her nose. Right. And then, then over her face. It, to me, initially, it read that he was happy and in his own drunken way being like, this didn't stop you. Like, the nose did not get in the way like you said it would. And that was why he, he cream donuted the nose. Yeah, that was such a weird scene. I was just like, what is, you know, what's going on? Uh, but yeah. then he says, like, I'm super happy for you or whatever. Yeah. Also, she's like so numb to his alcoholism already. He like straight up falls down and people yeah. are like, oh my God. And she's like, he does this. It's fine. So yeah, it gets a bit grim. This one like is very grim in a lot of ways. I we mean, get some of the ugliest it, fights in this. We get yeah. the grimmest portrayal and of alcoholism. Least com- like they try to throw some comedy into the other ones, you know? Lighten yeah, this one is this pretty one straight. Is not really. No. Um, so, and then her, her career starts to take off. There's a bit here that I thought was a little confused because, like, there's a whole bit where, like, the producer's trying to get her, like, dancers, and they're, like, showing her how to dance and stuff to be, like, yes. a pop star. Yes. Um, and then there's kind of a bit where um, he says something like, be true to yourself, or, you know, that kind of thing. Or, like, yeah, he's like, you, they're listening to you because you have a fucking message. You had, yeah. And this is the, the thing he said to Sam Elliott, and he's like, you stole my voice. He's like, you don't have anything to fucking say with it! Yeah. And that's, uh, that's like, part of, like, the, the Jackson main, like, philosophy is it's not just about being a performer, it's about having a message. Right, which, yeah, I mean, but lots of artists say that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, but then, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what the film's position is on some of this, because, like, she goes on SNL and, like, performs her thing. Well, actually, at first, she does a performance. Well, SNL then, hosted by Alec Baldwin. Hosted by Alec Baldwin, yeah. She Actually, I'm getting ahead of it, because she goes, she does a performance first, um, mm-hmm. and then she, like, kind of ditches the the, the backup dancers, dancers. She, yeah um so it almost feels she's like kind of trying to like do things her own way but then later on she's on snl she's got all the backup dancers and everything's fine and like she's fine with it well, and like she's that's fine getting run by the interscope guy yeah but that yeah. never really becomes an issue so i was a little because like even little if that's the case an and then he kind of s- suggests that is what's happening and she's like leaving her integrity behind which is a big fight uh, mm-hmm. later on but there's never a moment where or i feel like they don't address it am i wrong did i miss it i think you're maybe wrong on this so she like so she does that thing she takes the dancers off and then the interscope guy's like what the fuck happened out there where are the dancers and she's yeah. like oh i didn't i didn't think it he's like you listen to me i he's like i'm calling the shots here you have to trust me you have to do what i say which plays back to the previous contrast films. that you just have to trust me kind of Kind of, but also plays back to the previous films where it's always been like the studio gets Esther Blodgett, who's Allie in this one. Right. And they're like, okay, we got to change her face up. We got to do all these things. We got to fucking, we can't have her be her. And then uh, Norman Maine, Jackson Maine, John Norman Howard comes in and says, no, 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 no. You, the, the good part about you is you. We can't let the industry get in the way of what's real here. And that's the same thing playing out here. So she starts listening to the Interscope guy because she's not making waves with him. And that gets her the gig on SNL with Alec Baldwin hosting. Right. 
and then she's doing this music that is, I'm imagining, suggested by Interscope. It's a fucking far cry from the song she writes initially in the film. Yeah. It's about a dude wearing tight jeans or something. She's dancing. She's like, hey, boy, you got an ass like that? Or whatever. Yeah. And this, it's what brings Bradley Cooper's character, brings Jackson Mean back to drinking. Yeah. Drives him back to drinking because of that. And I was trying to figure out, because it's not, I just feel like that makes him upset. But she's never like, and I don't like doing these songs. I think she's like maybe struggling to find her way a bit. Yeah, maybe. It's I feel like I, I then, didn't get get that. She comes back to do the the big number at the end is shallow again. She doesn't do we never see that that other number again. That's true. But she still does a bunch of like pop pop idol stuff, which I mean, she's Gaga, right at this point? Yeah, she, you know? she's Gaga. Well, she's she's doing, Gaga. She does some like dancing and stuff, but I think like we, maybe know, we never really see the other that? music that comes yeah. from it, but I don't know. I don't. I thought it was addressed, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, so he uh, starts going down the path of of drinking. Yep. And he wakes up on Dave Chappelle's lawn. Yep. Is that Dave after Chappelle. his performance? His little like Roy Orbison show? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. That's that Roy Orbison show is uh, pretty close to the end. Okay. So he like he so yeah it's the record man cracks down on her he starts he drinks and wakes up on Dave Chappelle's lawn Dave Chappelle's like hey brother it's me your old friend Dave Chappelle noodles <laughs> and he's like here come in have some food we'll get you get you feeling better I didn't think we'd do this so soon I assume he's supposed to be like an old band member uh, like, he, he says something he, like I known you since you were like this old so I, definitely like an old friend that like he knew in childhood. Old friend. He's got a bunch of guitars and stuff and he's like he, he talks about settling down and how that helped him a lot. And so this is where we get the the wedding proposal. Uh Bradley Cooper crafts a wedding ring out of a guitar string. Which is pretty slick. Right. That's the proposal. Cuts the string. He's like asking for pliers like I need to cut this string. Yeah, he's like I need to cut this thing. So she says yes. They do the only actual church wedding in all of these uh, yep. films. They get married in like Dave, the church that Dave Chappelle's family goes to. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then so then. Oh, that's, that's, all we, SNL. that's all before SNL. That's all before SNL. Going out of order. Yeah. Oh my that's gosh. fine, 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 fine. It's, so then, yeah, that's when he reconnects with Sam Elliott, Billy. And he's like, hey, you're working for Willie Nelson now. And he's like, maybe you can come back and work with me. He's like, no, I don't want to do that. But call me if you like, you need me for something. Right. And they're in the studio together, uh, Maine and Allie. Um, and they then a little later, they have their their gnarly bathtub argument. Where he's like, you've lost the fucking way. You're out there yeah. peddling that shit. She's like, that's mean. Um. Yeah, they scream at each other. It was it was gnarly. His yeah, because like this is like where he's he says some like pretty hurtful stuff, like very personally hurtful. You know, yeah. Some of the other ones is more. Gen- and of course, this is after he does the the Butler stuff, where he's like, "Here's all your fucking messages." Yep. Um, and then so we get the Grammys in this one, and oh yeah, he is doing a performance for a Roy Orbison tribute. Right. For, the, for the Grammys. Yeah. And kind of the moment here is he like finds out, he gets asked to do this and he finds out actually it's like a big group and he's just supposed to like stay in the background and play guitar. Yeah, exactly. And so he does that and his, his tinnitus is increasing at this point. And like, yeah, he, it's weird. We don't know if he's going to make it through. And he does like a really fucked up 
like intro to the song they're doing pretty woman and he does yeah. just put so much sustain on these opening chords that people yeah. like turn around and they're like are you gonna fucking is he, play the song he it? like it's just yeah very distorted and uh heavy and this sure. is him at his worst like he is like this yeah is, he smashed the boot to snort the drugs like he, he is because he does the intro and then he like he plays a bit more you see him just playing along they sing a bit and then it like cuts to the end and he's like ah, oh, it's over yeah it's done done he, like, and then know we get just the roughest. So he like finds her in the audience because he knew her to find her, and then yep. she wins for best new artist immediately or after he finds her. Yeah, and he like comes up with her, and he's like falling all over the place. Yeah. And she starts to do her speech, and he kind of like echoes the 1976 speech, but he's too fucked up to actually like project his voice. He's like, yeah. I'm gonna thank these he's like kind of ne- like doesn't totally know where he is, and like is kind of just talking to her. Yeah, because he gets the up there eventually, there. and he's like, look, you're up on the screen. Yeah, and, and she's, like, then, trying to save yeah. it a bit. She's kind of like, hey, he's a goofy yeah, guy. Oh, yeah, we've been having a lot of fun tonight. Like, she's, yeah. she's trying to save it. And then he pisses himself on stage. Yeah. And good Lord, it is, like, stark. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. It's rough. He gets taken off, um, and then that's they throw him in rehab here. We get the backstory of him trying to hang himself when he was young. Um, they have a very tender scene in the rehab facility where she's like, are you going to come back? Like after you're done here? And he's like, where's it come right. back? What the hell? Cause she's kind of like, well, you know, you, we've always known each other. You've been drinking. So like, yeah, without the drinks, you still, still care about me. Yeah. It's like, truly this one has so much gut wrenching scenes, like thrown yeah. in the back end. And like, <laughs> well, sorry. Yeah, no, it's because you get that, and then you get the Sam Elliott and Bradley Cooper in the car scene, where he's like, it was you, I idolized you, not my father, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> And uh, it's also, like, it's the first one where she actually visits him in rehab, right? Right, first year, yeah. it was just, she sent, like, the manager like, Good lord, I hope he's good at doing good with in rehab, like. Yeah. Um, well, the first time it shows it, anyway. Yeah. Um. And, then, and so the Interscope agent, after he has the tender, you were my idol speech with yep. uh, post with post, rehab. post rehab, post rehab, right? yeah. the agent comes by and he's like, listen, you're going to fucking ruin that woman's career. There's yeah. no way you can go on tour with her. You're a piece of shit. I don't like you. And when you die, it's going to be the greatest thing to ever happen. And it's like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. The publicists are just getting meaner. They, yeah. Holy Lord. And so then he, she comes in afterwards and like lies to him. He, they both kind of yeah. lie to each she other. She's like, a bit. "Oh, I don't really want to go on tour. Like, I, I need to record this other album." Well, yeah, they said no. The album is like doing so well that we don't want to tour yet. Yeah, they just want me to come album. in and record another album. And he already knows that's a lie because the, the the fucking agent just ripped him a new one. And so then he like has the fuck. He cooks a steak for the dog. They got a dog together at yeah. one point. It's it's Bradley Cooper's real life dog, I think. Damn. Gives him a steak. Um, and then, yeah, he goes, he's supposed to make it out to her big show. And he gets, we talked about this scene. He, he hangs himself. Yeah. It is in the garage. Rough. Does not ride the bike. No, which I, I, I thought he was going to ride the bike. They played us. They played us like fools, Alex. Yeah. And then she does her, like, this is Norman, Miss Norman main thing. After a scene, uh, we do get a funeral scene where it's uh, her and Sam Elliott together. Yeah, they're talking because you know they, this. It, it kind of makes sense to have them, right? Because then, like, they mm-hmm. both share this loss. 
in a different way, but now they can actually yeah. talk about it on a more equal level. Yeah, and then he feeds her the the like you know the Norman Maine John, Jackson Maine really believed in you. Yeah, line like, music's just twelve notes and then the act of repeats. He really liked what you did with those twelve notes. Um, so she takes a song that he showed her he was writing in mm-hmm. rehab and presumably finishes it and then performs that. That's right. And so, yeah, when she's performing it, you get the cuts to them making the song together in, uh, in rehab there. And that was a real tearjerker, I think. That yeah. Was. Also, that's the only time. Cause she goes as Allie for the entire That's right. And she thing? says, like, this is Allie Main or something. Yeah. Um. So that that's interesting. And of course, before he goes to kill himself, he says, let me look at you one last time. And she does the nose thing again. Yes, of course. Got to bring bring him back. Yeah, uh, bring that back. Um, so that's this one in a nutshell. It is. One more thing I forgot to mention. So when yeah. he I, I did like a thing they did. I guess now we can talk about it generally a little yeah, bit. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the the way they played the music, like when his music would come on, it would be like so loud or like feel so loud. Mm hmm. I'm. You know, because that's part of his problem is that he's got the tinnitus, but like he wants to keep playing this loud music and he's got whatever issue, but he doesn't right. want to not feel the music kind of thing. So I thought they portrayed that very well sonically mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is a good point. Um, yeah, I think this one is, uh, well, maybe we should just get into our final verdicts here, Alex. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, what else is there to say? Like, time on this fat episode. We talked about our general thoughts, we compared them a little bit, there's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences. A lot of differences. But let's break this down, Alex. Worst version, I think it's gotta be 1954. That's just, it's, it's too bloated, the music numbers do nothing for me. Oh, I don't know, well, it's definitely either seven, 37 or, or, or 54. I give um, 37 the credit of being the first to do it. Right? I know, it's, it gets credit for that, and I'm like, I like some things about 54. It's probably 54, but I still, I don't know, I have, I think it's alright. Alright, Alex, well, let's move more positive. What's the best version of this? <sighs> I struggle with this. Because like mm-hmm. the more I think about the 2018 one, the stronger it feels. It's you know it's it's got a lot going for it. Yeah. Um. But I just really like the 70s aesthetic, you know. And like, there's some some like batshit things that happen in that movie that you just like. It's more grounded in mm-hmm. the 2018 version. And I I I can't leave my precious 70s behind. <laughs> so I think I got to <laughs> give it to that one. But Fair like, enough. It's it's not it's not an easy choice. Yeah, I think like I think I like a lot of the love story elements of 1976. I think that plays a lot better, and maybe like you said, it was a really 70s touringness. I think it's just like more loose how we were allowed to portray things back then. Whereas now it's like, okay, here let's hit the beats for love like this, boom, boom, boom. Like some things are a little more cookie cutter these days, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, it it had this density. Like there's so much. I mentioned all the things going on. There's even I didn't mention in the beginning. She's humming like uh somewhere over the rainbow. Oh yeah. Which is that a hang on? Is that from what's that from? That's from. Is that, that from, like so, that some big Hawaiian man? Um, never mind. I have no idea. It's not what I thought it was. Okay, continue. Yeah, no. Okay. Um, but yeah, like you said, this density, and I think the like the strongest portrayal of like being in a relationship with uh somebody who uh, has, suffers from mental health issues. Like alcohol. Yeah, that's so, a big. That's a big strength of the strength. Of a the big moment, strength, and sure. like, and it's it's definitely the version that has lingered with me. It's also one I watched most recently, but it's like I like it's kind of just in the back of my head, and I'm like, that's it was pretty fucking heavy. Yeah. And me, I'm a Sam Elliott guy. Love Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott's in it. 
Uh, yeah, well, it's a catch. Should have put him in the other that. one. And Alec Baldwin's in it. Alec Baldwin's in it as himself. As himself, bro. Um, yeah, he would have. They could have fit Sam Elliott in the '76 one. He was around. Could have been at least. Um, yeah, and I think, uh, like in terms, even the musical numbers, I think the ones from the newest one stick the most. Like even the '76 ones. Yeah, I definitely agree about about that. It's even like this, like they kind of spend too much time performing almost in the '70s. Yeah, let's do this whole number and then another one. It's like okay. But yeah, I think that it like maybe it hits the strengths of what this this film is supposed to be more. It really refines the 1976 one for better and worse. I think we lose a little bit of the rock and roll and the the love relationship, a bit of the levity there, but we get such a like a a strong portrayal of these characters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Uh, weirdest version, though, I'll give to 76, because there's just some bad shit stuff that goes on in Deserves there. It. No, they're absolutely. I'm, I, you're probably right, but just to spread it out, I'll give it to 54, just because, like, there's so, much, so many musical numbers, and, like, they're just doing musical number stuff, and, like, pulling things out of whatever and throwing things around, and then it's, like, 20 minutes long. Yeah. It's it's a wild ride. Both of those are, are wild rides. Yeah, those. I mean, it's the cream of the of the Starsborn Oreo, really. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you know how batshit cream is? No, that doesn't make any sense. Batshit. I love my batshit cream. Batshit cream. Um, that does it for our final verse. So, if you got a similar opinion, different opinion, want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, like the Bollywood? Uh, yeah, there's film. a Bollywood one. I think a Tollywood one. Like, there's made-for-TV ones. There's like episodes of shows that follow this plot. Like, yeah, there's radio plays. Yeah, yeah so talk to us about plays. some of these other interpretations. If you want to talk to us just about how this episode was too damn long? You can do that too. Hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> hashtag CoverMePod. <laughs> at Jake the Cressy. At some Alex Wise Guy. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. I believed we could do it, even when we were at the hour and 15 mark. I was like, we'll do like 145. I kind of did too, yeah. I, I believed in us, but here we are. We fucked it up. It's fine. Content's content, and I'm content with that. Um, you can rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Spotify's a dumpster, though. Use a different podcasting app. Uh, you can also email us at covermepod at gmail.com. Be sure to tell your friends, families, neighbors, and loved ones about us. If you're, if you're out there... You know, you're out there on the scene. Just tell somebody. I don't have a. We were running so long. I don't have time to come up with it. It's the second episode we recorded today. Just tell people about us. And that does it for today's episode. And as we always say on Cover Me, do you mind if I take just one more Cover Me?